0: I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. Attention. Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. There's something wrong with
1: us. Something very, very wrong with us. You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh
2: my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of
0: sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue.
2: How do you fix
0: that though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics. Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ?
1: To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you.
0: Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know
2: shit about fuck, clearly.
0: You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
2: Bullshit. Bullshit! I'm glad you heard all of that. Yeah, and hopefully you won't hear the fans behind us, because it's hot up in the oh studio today. Oh
1: god, it's harder uh, than balls yeah, and wool undies.
2: Yes, anyway, so uh, welcome to episode 93 of the of the show that's made up and the content that doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, I'm Phone Boy.
0: He puts his dick on the table,
2: you know. And I'm Phoenix. An emotional support stripper. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess... What else do we want to say about that? Oh, we were I guess uh, thank you to Lorian and Spencer for dropping those
1: beautiful gems. That's right. During bowl after bowl Tuesday night. Yeah, that's that right. That and other epic clips Which we that wa- we have I'm, taken th- fell out of their mouths and into our clip folder.
2: That's right. And, uh, I've got them loaded on the board here. But uh, meanwhile, we'll play uh, this clip right here.
1: What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. <laughs>
0: not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grisly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing!
2: We're there. I just had an orgasm.
1: Yeah. Um, I, so I, did I. That opening was amazing.
2: Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah, I think that I think that is a that is a clip make uh, waiting to happen there, sir Bemrose. We got it. I got to tell you about that. But uh, we'll
1: talk about that later. Yeah. So, but for right now, we want to talk about the fact that the lotus affects everyone differently. So, however, and wherever the lotus is affecting you, thank you for your courage and propagating the model of the pod father himself. And if you're new to No Agenda, well, here's how it works. We are a value for value podcast which means that we provide you some value in the form of entertainment. And however that value is received by you, whether it be time, talent, or treasure, we would love for you to contribute it back to us. And the ways that you can do so are, phone boy, tell them all about it. You can go to lotuseffect.show
2: and click on the green we like money button. It used to be yellow. Uh, send us some Fiat Fun coupons. Uh, you know, the, those, those uh, American dollars or whatever whatever uh, dollary dues that you have. Uh, uh, send those via PayPal. You can do that. Uh, you can send us Boostergrams using a podcasting 2.0 app or a podcasting 2.0 app. <laughs> there
1: you go. Um, and In you your can... case, it's a podcasting 2.0, <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. But, you know, we probably should tell them the whole rule about boosting while we're talking about it well, there.
2: It, well, you, okay, well, you curse now you get me you get me all you know, but you're you supposed to be
1: a professional boost me bitch that's right, boost me, bitch,
2: yeah our
0: shiver me timbers
2: boost me bitch now you can also mail us stuff as people have done uh thank you know of course we want to uh, uh thank the pedal heads who've done that uh now we, we we also want to thank the pedal heads who wow we got we got some uh we got some uh money coming we, in we
1: we've got uh where's our executive producer i, I was gonna i have got it well, ready you, need, for, for you need to get ready to fire it off because we're we gonna fired. talk about this amazing unbelievable whoa one hundred dollars that we got from Fazilla. Oh,
2: you the executive producer. Yeah, she is. Yeah, you did that is. kind of generation. Yeah, and uh, that was
1: amazing. And thank you so much, yes. Mama T, aka Fazilla. That's
2: right. Uh, we also got uh, Weirdo coming in with ten dollars, uh, which great. Uh, thanks, and he also boosts a lot. We'll get into the, we'll get into the grams here in just a second. Um, and then we also got uh, we got a monthly donation from Sharky, uh, his seven dollars and sixty six cents. We appreciate that. And uh, fantasy well, uh, well, fantasy Wellings. No,
1: see this this is why phone boy should never be allowed near the microphone and the marijuana at the same time. He completely loses his ability to speak. What he's trying to say is Fantasy Weddings LLC came in with their 420 monthly donation. And the person who's responsible for fantasy weddings, none other than Sir Rev Cybertrucker, got into that boosting situation that we talk about with fourteen twenty sats saying "mush mouth" with a crying laughing emoji and a kiss wink emoji. He is one of our favorite pedal heads, and we thank you so much, Rev Cybertrucker.
2: That's right. Well, and uh, and, fu- and, and uh, you know, give him some capital. Go. I got to find the GoFundMe link and put it in the show notes. I think that is only appropriate. Um.
1: It's not a GoFund. Me. Well, you know what? But I
2: mean? it's IndieGoGo or whatever. Yeah, the, it's IndieGoGo.
1: Yeah. Don't get it wrong.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure. Any, hopefully the, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen what the rules are on those things anymore because, yeah, it's like, oh, be, uh, you know, the, I know some. There's some. Uh,
1: Knowing Rev Cybertrucker, he would not be connected with something that is going to teetotally screw him over and the and then, people yeah, who uh, are good uh, enough uh, Patreon, to donate.
2: You know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're it? not.
1: We're not uh, talking about that and stuff.
2: No, exactly. So weirdo comes in with uh, 333 sets saying "La Pot Rodeo Remix." Yeah, that was a great track. Um, and we, yeah, and that's how you get your uh, when when we do Studio 33 or Rideshare Radio. Um, we uh, yeah, that's one of the ways you get your uh, request uh, to the top of the queue is to uh, boost a gram it, and uh, that's how we do it. Um, so uh, and then Phoenix comes in with 333 sets saying Kenny Chesney's "Touchdown Tennessee," which was uh, yeah we uh, yeah it's almost football season can't wait um not nearly soon enough. Uh, no kidding. Uh, so we've got uh, weirdo boosting thirty-three, thirty-three sets saying he, he, he. I've been waiting to share this for a week. Uh, Nle Choppa slut me out. Oh my, that was a dirty track. Can...
1: It was, and it fit in perfectly with Studio Thirty Three.
2: Yes, and he comes in again with another with a, with a row of dicks uh, uh, saying I've been waiting to do this, uh, to do long to share this LMAO homo flow uh, shot of flow gay mix parody. Oh my. I,
1: I I think he was mean. To say I've been waiting so long, but I think he got auto fucked. He did.
2: Yeah. He did not get auto fucked on the next row of row, of, uh, row of dicks there saying, uh, uh, or Satchel of Richards, or whatever it is, saying, uh, You and me by Yellow Wolf, when we definitely played that. And, uh,
1: yeah and that was also uh, very much appreciated by Mr. NetNed who happened to be in the chat when that track was playing.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that was all we got in terms of, No, oh wait, man. I got I got one more here. This is a new live son of a bitch. 10,000 sats from Phoenix. I guess you got your I guess you got your uh, um, I guess you got your uh, wallet funded. You were having I know you were having some oh issues. Oh my
1: god, Fountain has been continuously b- refusing and failing my thing to re-up my wallet. You know, I wanted to splash the walls of the uh, bowl after bowl crew on Tuesday but my wallet wouldn't let me. I c- I, it's been like over a week where I just could not get some Potoshi's into my wallet, fountain was just fucking me left, right, and sideways. Not even giving me a courtesy reach round or providing any KY. It was a very rude experience. But we're back, bitches. That's right. And so uh, we will be splashing the walls in Studio Thirty Three, yeah. or at least I will. Yes.
2: Um. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Um. To, yeah, there was. We didn't do rideshare radio last night. There was a there was a conflicting uh, programming, and, and honestly, was we'll, we'll talk about uh, some of that stuff. Uh, this the, 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 some of the reasons why. I guess we'll talk about it in the toast and jam, right? Yeah, of it, it's
1: toast and jam material. But you know, however you want to uh, support us, if you want to be part of this boostergram party, then take up all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com. If you do not have one of these fantastic podcasting two point complete. Client podcast catchers where you can splash the walls of the Lotus Effect or any other podcast that accepts Satoshis.
2: That's right. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course, you can also... um there's also yeah, There's also ways to send us feedback, and this is also part of the value for value as well. Give us feedback and tell us how we're doing. And there's ways to do that. Now, you can uh, send us a message on No Agenda Social. I'm Phoneboy at NoAgendaSocial.com. Uh, Phoenix is P-H-E-O-N-I-X, uh, followed by a bunch of other stuff at that I that I can't remember at the moment at uh, uh, f- at Lotus Effect. No, at lo- NoAgendaSocial.com. There's a link on my profile, however, if you want to you want to follow her.
1: Yeah, you also can email us at Phoneboy at lotus phoenix at lotus effect show snail mail us if you want to send us something whether it be a actual letter like you know jcd likes waving the paper around
2: yeah exactly but or it-
1: you can do the most epic thing which we love so much which is called 253-237-3321 and weigh in on our refire topic which this week is coffee Or tea, and how do you take it? All
2: right, so just remember when you call in. One ringy
1: dingy, two ringy dingy.
2: Dell
3: computers. This is Chip.
2: Yeah, we won't have any answers from from Ernestine or or Chip or anybody else. But
1: but Google Translate, yeah, it likes to take your phone calls, your voicemails, and mangle them all up into something so beautiful that. It ends up being a show title, because that's how things work around here.
2: Man, yeah, just, just uh, remember, the fo- remember the following, though, as you're doing this. So just
0: sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, give it to me
1: straight, doctor, I can take it. Yeah. That's right, we can take it, but you know, there's one rule we have here yeah. in the Blossom.
0: We don't want your shit. We still send us your shit. shit.
1: That's right. So if you want to send us feedback, we are more than willing to hear your criticism and your praise and anything else. But we will not take hatred. We will not take racism. We are the only ones allowed to be profane with profane accessories in this bitch. That's right. So just don't do it. Yeah. Because we, we will mute you. We will block you. We will completely carve you out of our lives. And not because we don't like to have constructive criticism, because we have that every week. We have a Sir Bemrose troll that provides more than enough constructive and deconstructive criticism. That's, but he does it with love and respect. Yes, And he that's does. all we
2: ask. That's, that's all we ask. And so uh, with that, I think it's time to get into, uh, well, the, the the first segment of the show here. Don't want to sound like a dick or
0: nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded.
2: Yeah, well, your shit's. I don't know. My shit gets retarded after I am uh, consumed that the the, the product that we're gonna. I got a couple of stories about here, Um, and so uh, we're gonna talk about aspartame. Oh, yeah. It makes my. It makes my. It it does not make my ass tame. I can assure you. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: Nobody (laughs) in the history of the Lotus Effect needed to know that.
2: Exactly. Well, so what is the Apparently, it's a controversial thing. Now, the agency at the the World Health or or the an agency of the World Health Organization. Organization, the International Agency for Research on Cancer declared that the artificial sweetener aspartame is a possible human carcinogen. Uh, now, Coca-Cola, right, yeah, who might be impacted by this, says uh, research shows that aspartame is safe for people to consume, and so does the, f- the Food and Drug Administration. Well, why? why so why is there a controversy? Well, I
1: just, I just want to say, as a side note, to that. For Coca-Cola to sit there and say, "Oh, it's safe," ever put a rusty nail in Coca-Cola? That's all I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now, aspartame—if you—if you didn't know—is a chemical sweetener that's about 200 times sweeter than sugar, and it was introduced to replace sugar as a sweetener. Now, it, and it's a—it's a—it's called a—it's a dipeptide. Uh, yeah, dip a dip. A, 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 yeah, I guess a dipeptide. There we go. Uh, composed pr- primarily of two amino acids, phenylalanine and aspartame acid.
1: Yeah, henceforth the dye meaning two, and peptide referring to the chain which refers to amino acids. Am I the only science geek in this bitch?
2: Yeah, there you go. Now when, when they're combined to form aspartame, they produce an intensely sweet taste according to the FDA. Now it was apparently discovered in 1965 by James M. Schlatter uh, who was researching anti-ulcer drugs and discovered the sweetness completely by accident after licking it off of his finger against work safety regulations. So this is a so so what what this is telling me is this is a this is a this is big pharma byproduct that just happens to also be. I'm,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, have have you had canola oil industrial lubricant made yeah. for human? Consumption, yeah, something like that. Exactly.
2: Well, now of course, this article that I pulled this out of, there's no mention of the fact that aspartame was rejected several times by the FDA over concerns about it uh, caused uh, cancer and brain tumors.
1: Oh, what's a little brain tumor and cancer as long as you can have that stuff that makes your ass go?
2: Yes, exactly. Now, of course, the the next part of this, and and I remembered this from because this was covered on No Agenda years ago. But if you have in case you need a little bit of a refresher, I was I found an article. On this is that really the article came from like twenty eleven. That, that's how so this has been known for a long time. And I'm sure if you go through no agenda, you can you can find this. But uh, yeah, apparently Donald Rumsfeld has a has a um, has an interesting, uh, well I'd say a critical uh, thing and get and why we have this aspartame shit and why it's uh, why it's considered safe. Now yes, that Donald Rumsfeld, the no, the knowns and unknowns guy, who remarkably ex- executed some of the worst decisions in American foreign policy and got a medal for it. It sounds
1: like every. It sounds Sounds like a, a a politician to me. Um, <laughs> hey, if he had off, somebody might have even gotten a presidential nomination. Exactly. Now, the reasons and
2: means by which Rumsfeld helped get it approved are nefarious at best, criminal at worst. Now, let's. So, um, Dr. John Olney, who founded the the this field of neuroscience called uh, excitotoxicity, attempted to stop the approval of aspartame with attorney James. T- uh, Turner back in 1996. Now, the FDA's own toxicologist, Dr. Adrian Gross, told Congress that without a shadow of a doubt, aspartame can cause brain tumors and brain cancer, and that it violated the Delaney Amendment, which forbids putting anything in food that is known to cause cancer. Now, according to the top doctors and researchers on this issue, aspartame causes headaches, memory loss, seizures, vision loss, coma, and cancer. It also causes diarrhea. Um, It also worsens or mimics the symptoms of such diseases and conditions such as fibromyalgia, uh, multiple sclerosis lupus add diabetes alzheimer's chronic fatigue and depression further
1: and and yet if i may what's one of the things that diabetics think they can get away with having oh diet coke oh y'all wasn't diet coke aspartame
2: that's right and the further dangers highlighted is that aspartame liberates free methyl alcohol the resulting chronic methanol poisoning affects the dopamine system of the brain causing addiction yes and i can assure you that my own experience uh, yeah there's a reason i don't buy gum anymore because it contains aspartame and it gets uh, and it's uh, addictive and i shouldn't be having it anyway so um the further dangers highlighted is that aspartame liber- yeah i already said all that okay so there there Um, Yes, methanol or wood alcohol Constitutes one-third of the aspartame molecule And is classified as a severe metabolic poison And narcotic
1: So it's. it's, I'm sorry, but aspartame to me Has always tasted bitter It has a bitter aftertaste Well, it's because it's so sweet Well, whatever the reason If you eat something and it has a bitter aftertaste Unless it's a vegetable that's Totally fit for consumption? You might want to think twice about putting that in your mouth like ever again. Well,
2: I don't know. There's I don't think there's there's some vegetables that are that'll never be fit for consumption, but that's just my opinion, man. So um, that is just your opinion, man. But yeah. you know what? I don't disagree. Yeah. So now in a pe- in the peer reviewed journal aspartame, methanol in the public health, Doctor Woodrow Monte wrote, When diet sodas and soft drinks sweetened with aspartame are used to replace fluid loss during exercise and physical exertion in hot climates, the intake of methanol can exceed two. 250 milligrams per day, or 32 times the Environmental Protection Agency's recommended limit of consumption for this
1: cumulative poison. The effects of aspartame are are documented by the FDA's own data. Yeah, and don't forget, if you're drinking this to replenish fluids during exercise and physical exertion, you can be assured that your heart's pumping like a bat out of hell, which means that that poison is being circulated through your system at a much more rapid rate. I just want to put that out there. A little more science to drop on you.
2: Yeah, there you go. Now, in 1995, the the agency was forced under the Freedom of Information Act to release a list of aspartame symptoms reported by thousands of victims. From 10,000 consumer complaints, the FDA compiled a list of
1: 92 symptoms, including death. How is death a symptom? Can, can I ask that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. But Dr. Betty Martini, the founder of Mission Possible International, works with doctors around the world in an effort to remove aspartame from food, drinks, and medicine. Now, according to Dr. Martini, aspartame has brought more complaints to the FDA than any other additive and is responsible for 75% of such complaints to that agency. Now, more recently, the EPA found aspartame to be a potentially dangerous chemical, along with BPA, which you've heard uh, plenty about, I'm sure. Um, now, aspartame, well, you know, not so much. But again, you know who who pays? Well, you
1: know, money keeps things out of the news or puts them in, depending on your viewpoint. Martini says that NutraSweet
2: is a deadly neurotoxic drug masquerading as an additive. It interacts with all antidepressants, uh, L-dopa, Coumadin, yes, hormones, insulin, all cardiac medication, and many others. It also is a chemical hypersensitive or sensitization drug so that it interacts with vaccines, other toxins, and other unsafe sweeteners like Splenda, which has a chlorinated base like DDT that can cause autoimmune disease. Oh,
1: yummy. You wow. want that? Wow. I did not know that. And we recently talked about Splenda.
2: There, There's a reason I, I wanted to go down. The, I, I pulled this article, and, and it, it's like because it pretty much tells you why you shouldn't be consuming this crap. Well,
1: I mean, we've been telling the pedal heads for a long time that <clears throat> fake sugar is much worse than real sugar To begin with And this just fortifies that
2: Yeah, exactly uh, So, um, and, and it has a synergistic and additive effect with MSG Both being excitotoxins The aspartic acid and aspartame And MSG, the glutamate people were, were found using aspartame as the placebo For MSG studies, even before it was approved The FDA has known this for a quarter of a century And done nothing, even though it's against the law
1: Let me find my shocked face Yes,
2: Surely now, you can't be serious I am serious and don't call me Shirley. Uh, okay, I have to see if I can actually pull this clip, because this is, this is a, I, I, I had forgotten that I had a mention of these guys in my, in my, you uh, know, in, 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 the, in the story. So give me just a second here. We got this. Okay, we're going to have He's that. so prepared. I'm so, I'm obviously very prepared. And this is, this is because I have to play this, because in 1985, Monsanto purchased a G.D. Searle, the chemical company that held the patent to aspartame, the active ingredient in NutraSweet, which is a, you know, a na- name brand of one of these uh, sweeteners. Now, Monsanto was apparently untroubled by aspartame's clouded past, including the report of a 1980 FDA board of inquiry comprised of three independent scientists which confirmed that it might induce brain tumors.
1: Now, the FDA... All right, has- hold on. I got a I point something out for the pedal heads in case they're not blissfully aware of it at this point. Y'all remember when packages used to say, you know, contains NutraSweet? Now, what do we see on everything that's sugar-free? Sweetened with Splenda. Coincidence? I think
2: not. Well, no, and they also, if it has it, there's a warning on the back of the label if you get aspartame because it, became, cause, cause it contains phenylalanine, right? That's whatever the that, the thing is, and there's there's people that you know, people that and, and you know, again, it doesn't tell you that. Yeah, if you're if you're sensitive to you know to, to NutraSweet, yeah, you probably shouldn't or whatever, you know, whatever aspartame, then don't have it. Now, um, now the FDA pre- had previously. Uh, banned aspartame based on this finding, only to have then Searle chairman uh, Donald Rumsfeld vow to call in his markers to get it approved now here's how it happened uh, so ronald reagan this is going back so this is going back uh, a, a, a bit here ronald reagan was sworn in as president january 21st 1981 rumsfeld while still ceo at Searle, was part of reagan's transition team this team handpicked dr arthur hole hayes jr to be the new fda commissioner now dr hayes a pharmacologist had no previous experience with food additives before being appointed to the director of the fda sounds like the blind leading the blind to me um So, and then... Uh, on January 21st, 1981, the day after Ronald Reagan's inauguration, Reagan issued an executive order eliminating the FDA's commissioner's authority to take action, and Searle reapplied to the FDA's for approval to use aspartame and food sweetener. Hayes, Reagan's new FDA commissioner, appointed a, a, a five-person scientific commission to review the Board of Inquiry's decision, and it soon became clear that the panel would uphold the ban by a three-to-two decision. So Hayes installed a sixth member of the commission, and the vote became deadlocked. He, he then personally broke the tie in Aspertame's favor. Now that sounds like so dirty So I have pull. a
1: question. <clears throat> With all of this that you've just told all of our pedal heads, it, correct me if I'm wrong and any lawyers out there, please feel free to weigh in. Is that not a conflict of interest that is wholly and completely against the law, which would then, of course, prove my ever prevalent theory that nothing we do matters your vote does not matter because they can do whatever the fuck they want to do you know (coughs) who gives a fuck about laws they don't apply to those with enough money and power
2: yeah, what else is new, I guess? Um, now, one of Hayes' first official acts as FDA chief was to approve the use of aspartame as an artificial sweetener in dry goods on July 18th, 1981. Now, yeah, so about six months into it. Now, in order to accomplish this feat, Hayes had to overlook the scuttled grand jury investigation of Searle. Overcome the Bresla report, ignore the PBOI's recommendation, and pretend aspartame did not chronically sicken and kill thousands of lab animals. Now, Hayes left his post at the FDA in in November of 1983 amid accusations that he was accepting corporate gifts for political favors. Now, just before leaving the office in scandal, Hayes approved the use of aspartame in beverages.
1: Okay, I have a question. After looking at this, who else out there is getting that whole... All oh, familiar feeling like a mass genocide attempt was failed. So they had to do something more radical. Oh, what could it have been? <clears throat> COVID.
2: Yeah, well, it could very well be. Uh, now, Um, After uh, Hayes left the FDA under allegations of impropriety, he served briefly as provost at New York Medical College and then took a position as a high paid senior medical advisor uh, with Burson uh, Marsteller, the chief public relations firm for both Monsanto and G.D. Searle. since that time he was never spoken public or, or since that time he has never spoken publicly about aspartame um, you know and and so uh, now here's the kicker there is a um, you, you know and, and actually and, you know and actually this there's a comment here from Rachel Madcow about uh, um, on burson marsteller when evil needs a public relations evil has burson marsteller on speed dial evil thy name is chemical food additives
1: You know, I would have to say, I believe that may be the first intelligent thing that mad cow has ever said. I don't know. Even a broken clock is
2: right twice a day.
1: Yeah, and even a blind squirrel gets a nut now and again. So we get it. Okay, now here's the kicker in all
2: this, because this is a kicker. When Searle was absorbed by Monsanto in 1985, Donald Rumsfeld reportedly received a $12 million bonus. Pretty big money in those days. And also, while at Searle, Rumsfeld was awarded outstanding CEO in the pharmaceutical industry from the Wall Street transcript and financial world. You know, 1980 and 1981. Uh, Imagine that, yeah.
1: Wow, if that's not corruption leaping off the page, I do not know what is.
2: Uh, Yeah, well, it's pretty... Yeah, so just say... no. You know, to aspartame, folks, uh, I mean, that's just it's uh, we, could, we could have done a speech just on that probably if we wanted to.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about speeches later, but for right now, <clears throat> we're going to talk about what you need to know about Ozempic and Manjaro, according to some doctors. Yeah, so, so uh, instead of reading a full, fu- a full, fluff piece from one of these medical sites, how about hearing from an actual doctor how these drugs work? So, Dr. Tro Kalagian. It's collagian. Oh, excuse me. Yes, is a board-certified physician and medical director who was, at one time, 350 pounds. He's since lost 150 pounds and has started a medical weight loss and direct primary care clinic that operates in most U.S. states using an individualized approach that reverses and prevents disease. He also does a podcast called... The low carb MD podcast with Dr. Brian Lensky. Lenskis. Lenskis. You could have given me the pronunciations before we did this. Yes, I know. know. But, anyways, firstly, the results on weight loss are actually quite impressive, and the duration of these studies are fairly long term for diabetes and weight loss. In these two year studies, it's clear that the drug helped produce a 15% weight loss that seemed to sustain. Through to two years. The drug also causes fewer heart attacks than a placebo, which is assuring compared to prior debacles with weight loss medications like FenFen that were implicated in heart pathology and eventually removed from the market. But I want all my patients and the public to know that the appetite and weight loss effects do not last forever. Effects on hunger, cravings control, Sweet cravings, mood, and fullness are temporary and return to baseline between year one and two. This was shown in surveys taken from patients using the medication over the long term. Furthermore, if the treatment isn't coupled with aggressive resistance training and high protein intake, there could be up to 40%. You heard that right, 40% lean mass loss, which is in stark contrast to the data that we've reviewed for low-carb and ketogenic diets.
2: Yeah. I mean, and the, yeah. And it's, it's, so again, you know, this is, um, it's just, and really, it's just kind of scary that uh, if you think there's a silver bullet, just remember uh, lap bands, right? Um, after a million lap bands placed worldwide by obesity doctors, the most common lap band surgery today is actually removal. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that should tell you something. So, you know, the pharma and your doctors don't care about lasting changes. Their history and track record are clear. The industry is experiencing record profits. Yet our population has more diabetes and obesity than ever, which is true. Yeah, and he emphasizes this, in the, and Dr. Tro does this. Now, if you're taking Ozempic or Manjaro, it's important to consider incorporating certain practices into your routine, and this is what this is what he recommends to his, uh, to his patients. Now, a high-protein diet can be beneficial. Now, including ample protein in meals can help promote satiety, r- preserve muscle mass, and support overall weight management efforts. Since your total volume of eating will be less, aim for approximately one gram of protein per pound of uh, your ideal body weight and distribute it across two to three meals throughout the day now Integrating some resist, regular resistance training into your fitness resume is highly recommended. Now, uh, you know, that you can do something like weightlifting your body weight exercises four to six times per week, and it can help you build and maintain muscle mass. And make sure you're doing resistance training nearly daily. Aim to target, you know, the different muscle groups and so on. Now, now many patients have successfully stopped these medications in our practice without weight regained, and these two factors have been critical to safely stopping this medication in our practice.
1: And I've had a conversation with many people who've had lap band surgery, and they have pretty much all regained some amount of weight. And it's either because they just can't... I really think it comes down to what they're eating, because at the end of the day, we've talked about this tirelessly, that you you cannot outrun a bad diet, which also means that even if they've taken and restricted the amount of food that can go through your pipe, if you're not eating the right foods, you're going to get sick. You're going to continue to have failure in your weight loss. You're going to plateau. All the things you don't want to do in weight loss. And honestly, if you don't have to put yourself under the knife, if, if you have... I can understand if you have exhausted each and every option out there and that includes the stuff that Phoneboy boy and I do, which in my personal opinion, if you've tried what we're doing and you still can't lose weight, yeah, you're not doing it right because I don't know anyone who's actually given a fair run to the no sugar, no grain, no seed oil lifestyle and not come out on the other end of it much happier, healthier and weighing less.
2: This is true. Now, I think I think what's also true is uh, you know, I think I think uh we got a couple of stories that uh, go with this uh, clip. I love bugs. Bugs bugs
1: bugs.
0: Mm. Taste like poop.
1: That's right. It does taste like poop. And you know what else tastes like poop? The fact that Trader Joe's broccoli cheddar soup has been recalled over bugs inside the florets of the broccoli. Ew! What?! What? I know. So, Winter Garden's Quality Foods has issued a recall of Trader Joe's Broccoli Cheddar Soup over possible bugs in the food. And according to the FDA, the product's being recalled because of insects in the frozen broccoli florets. Now, the soup, named Trader Joe's Unexpected Broccoli Cheddar Soup, Sharp Cheddar Cheese, and Unexpected Cheddar Cheese... I wonder what that is. Yeah, I don't want to know comes in a 20-ounce film-sealed plastic container with a lid and further packaged in a cardboard case. And I'm sure we've all seen, like, the uh, Panera, you know, the St. Louis Bread Company and all. Yeah, we've seen what their uh, soup looks like. It's kind of the same thing. Or even uh, Bob Evans has that, like, cardboard thing that goes around the plastic bowl. Nonetheless, y'all, this is what this shit's packaged in, and the product that's being recalled was sold in Florida, Illinois, California, Texas, Jay fucking Inslee's home ground, a.k.a. Washington, Pennsylvania, and Cook, Connecticut.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, meanwhile, okay. So you know, and, and of course, if you you know, I, I, no agenda listeners will, of course, uh, you know, they've been they've been trying to get us to eat, eat bugs for a long time, and they're saying no, we never. That's that's a conspiracy theory. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, we got the receipts, y'all. We we know you've been trying to push the bugs for a while, and okay, but I got, I got okay.
1: So thinking about this Trader Joe's story, I just going to take a second and rewind. So you know, the people that are buying this soup are somewhat upper class you, you have money if you shop at trader joe's i'm just gonna say that imagine getting home you think you're doing good you're preparing this great meal for your family and you serve the soup and there's little like natty fly things swimming around in it like all floaty and mmm Christ, like poop
2: yeah uh, yeah it's a little peppery maybe i don't know uh.
1: Okay, I don't want to know how you would know that gnats are peppery, but sure, no, we'll go it's, with I'm that.
2: talking about, it's like the ants, you know, I Got Ants, which actually... Yes, should.
1: I understand that eating ants, they are peppery. I have actually heard that on plenty of these shows the, the cli- these Actually,
2: The, the, the clip, actually, the, the, the canonical clip of I Got Ants, the, the whole di- long version of it, actually, uh, JCD says the ants are peppery.
1: Oh, I don't think I've heard that one in a while. I must have Yes,
2: exactly. That. I have to see if I've got it in my... Um, in my thing, uh, you know, so, but anyway, insect protein slows weight gain, boosts health status in obese m- mice, which is what this, uh, which is what the study says in a new, so the, the I'm new- sure the
1: mice were thrilled to be fed insects.
2: Yes. A new study in mice from the University of uh, Illinois' Urbana campaign uh, suggests that uh, replacing traditional protein sources with mealworms and high fat diets could slow weight gain, improve immune response, reduce inflammation, enhance energy metabolism, and beneficially alter the ratio of good to bad cholesterol. Well, okay. So, yeah, the, so the mealworm protein didn't cause obese mice to lose weight, but their rate of weight gain slowed relative to mice consuming high fat diets with casein, and the benefits went further than that. Now, it's not just a weight loss situation. They just slowed their weight gain with mealworm, Swanson said. The more significant impact was the improvement in their blood lipid pro- profiles. Their LDL, so-called bad cholesterol, went down and the HDL, the good cholesterol, went up. You know, like that actually matters. Um, And from a gene expression perspective, inflammation went down and some of the lipid and glucose metabolism genes were altered. Now, not everything was positive, but metabolically they were in a better place.
1: And that's interesting because we've spoken many times about the fact that the whole LDL-HDL measurement is a big sack of shit and that it can be manipulated very easily something that you eat right prior to the test or whatever.
2: Exactly. Which and I yeah. So I think I, yeah. I, I look at that and I, I go well. They're talking about low LDL, which is not again. That's a, that's a that's a um, uh, that's like uh, uh, declaring that the firemen that are putting out the fire are the ones uh, are the ones that are actually causing the fires. Now that, that well, it,
1: you know, in some cases that is actually the case, considering the fact that there is a high proportion of firefighters to be pyromaniacs and arsonists. I'm just saying. Well,
2: then then. Of of course, there's Fahrenheit 451. Well, that's what the firefighters did: was burn shit down. Um, Precisely.
1: So, okay, so
2: yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ray Bradbury. That's all I got to say. That now.
1: Yeah, but guess what? I don't give a fuck what my cholesterol's at. I'm still not eating mealworms.
2: That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a big yuck factor and all that. So it's that, that they mentioned that. Now, um, here, you, here you go. Now this is. Uh, I, I found this story. This is a. This is uh, uh, if I were if I were Sir Bemrose and doing Angry Tech News, I'd say uh, from the water is wet department. Fewer than half of new drugs add substantial therapeutic value over existing treatments, study finds. Now, the new drugs are often not are are often used not only for one disease, so the first approved indication of of it, but also for other diseases, so supplemental indications. Now, a study published by the BMJ, uh, the British British Medical Journal, finds that less than half of approved first indications for new drugs in the U.S. and Europe between 2011 and 2020 add substantial therapeutic value over existing treatments, and only around a third of supplemental approvals add substantial therapeutic value compared with first approvals. Now, the researchers argue that when first or supplemental indications do not offer added benefit over existing treatments, this information should be clearly communicated to patients and reflected in the price of the drugs. Now you know why they do it. Of course, is because um, you know if they if they do a new formulation or change it just slightly, they can still patent it and sell it for high prices. You know this is patents formulations. That's why it's it's another
1: reason why we constantly say healthcare is not about your health, nor do they care.
2: Yeah, exactly. Now I wish I I wish I had the nap for humanity. Clip. That's one I did not capture in, in my ears because it didn't seem like it would make a good ringtone. However, it would actually I bet be you really wish great. wish had it now. I wish I had it now because we're talking about the benefits of daytime napping for brain health. And, and so, um, a new study suggests that taking short naps during the day can have a positive impact on brain health as individuals age. Um, published in the journal Sleep Health, the study analyzed DNA samples and brain scans from over thirty five thousand participants aged forty to sixty nine who are. I'm
1: surprised that they didn't make it 33 just to slip the the magic number in yet again. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. We still don't know exactly what they're saying with 33, but uh, now researchers focused on genetic markers associated with regular napping habits and compared brain health and analyses and uh, con- cognition tests between individuals with and without these napping genes. And the findings indicate that regular nappers tended to have larger total brain volumes, equivalent to a difference of 2.5 to 6.5 years of aging compared to non nappers um previous research on napping and brain health has yielded mixed results. A study involving a large sample of 358,451 participants, that's a lot of people, uh, suggested that regular napping was associated with a higher risk of blood pressure and stroke. However, the study did not consider nap duration or account for underlying health conditions. Uh, the, the latest study emphasized that short daytime naps may that's the that's, that's the key word there offer protective benefits for the brain now some theories propose that um that, uh, that, that brief naps help alleviate sleep deprivation, which is prevalent among many adults who fail to obtain the recommended eight hours of sleep per night. Now, napping may partially replenish sleep debt, leading to increased energy levels and improved cognitive performance. Now, sleep experts suggested humans may be naturally inclined to be polyphasic sleepers, and, I, and I've seen this uh, I've seen this uh, theory as well, meaning that they benefit from multiple sleep phases throughout the day. Establishing a consistent nap routine, preferably at the same time each day, can optimize the experience, and a nap should be taken in a dark and quiet environment lying in a horizontal position for best results
1: you know i find it really funny you know we literally just did a story recently within the last few months about how naps might be a sign of a medical condition these assholes can't keep their story straight the narrative just keeps changing
2: yeah exactly um so um and what, else, and what else is new? Now, here, here's, yeah, and, and also uh, water is wet news. Uh, so uh, so often consumers inadvertently give too much credit to scientifically studied product claims. That's, that's what we're, and so this is, and, and again. That is,
1: that is an absolute
2: Niagara Falls water is wet claim. Exactly. So being scientifically studied and being scientifically proven are two completely different things. But a study led by UCLA psychologists, you know, so they're familiar with Hollyweird, uh, have found that consumers often incorrectly remember marketing claims about just how lab-tested or lab-proven products actually are. Now, the research discovered that even when products are labeled clinically studied, people frequently recall them as being clinically proven. Now, um... Clinically studied can mean a lot of things, said Alan Castell, the paper's a, a senior author and a UCLA psychology professor. Now, maybe the product was studied only in animals or in people, but found to be ineffective or not effective enough. Clinically studied only shows that someone was interested enough in the product to study it, not that the study was well-designed or showed conclusively that the supplement works. Okay, now the findings published in the Applied Cognitive Psychology suggest that the that the popularity of products like dietary supplements, a twenty one billion dollar industry in the United States alone, is due in part to consumers' unwarranted confidence in product claims. Well, that's, uh, I guess I guess marketing works, right? Uh, the study also highlights the importance of carefully reading product labels or consulting medical professionals. Well, maybe I don't know if that I would, I don't know that I would consult your doctor. I was so
1: fixing to say, yeah, that's just what you want to do consult a, a consult a paid your local drug dealer shill. Yeah, exactly. Contact your legal drug dealer, a.k.a. the paid pharma shill, about something that Big Pharma is going to make even more money on. Sure, that's a great idea.
2: Yeah. Now, the problem, Castell says, even if marketers are truthful in their claims that a product has been scientifically studied, they may be taking advantage of the fact that human memory is malleable, which can easily lead consumers to trust the product without solid reasons. In particular, he said, older adults who are worried about memory loss could be susceptible to wasting money, on supplements that ultimately are useless. <laughs> Great. How do you evaluate these claims if your memory is already slipping or you are distracted and don't remember what the claim is? Uh, Castell says. Now, his advice is don't rely on memory before spending money or choosing a course of action. Consult others and look into it before you buy. Take time, pay attention, and don't make decisions too quickly.
1: You know. So, okay, Let, let's evaluate that for like less than 30 seconds here. We don't trust paid pharma shills. What are you going to do? Call your best friend? Be like, yeah, what do you think about this supplement? I'm thinking about starting it. Seriously, this is such a bullshit story. It makes my fucking head hurt. Kind of like the uh, next story about what the WHO is saying about how much carbs, fat and fiber you should eat. Now, I know we don't give a damn about the WHO. We know how full of shit they are. So figuring out a healthy diet can be a difficult task, but the World Health Organization has now released new dietary guidelines, yay! Yeah, can you smell the sarcasm? They're supposed to help shed light on how much fiber, fat, and carbs we should be including in our meals. So for adults, the new who, which I think needs to be a show title, the new WHO guidelines recommend a relatively low-fat diet, with people consuming at least 400 grams of fruit and veggies and 25 grams of naturally occurring dietary fiber per day. Still carbs, still sugars. So the new guidelines also recommend that carb intake come primarily from whole grains, vegetables, fruits, and seeds for every one two years of age, and older. Absolutely. Start them porkers out early. So the previous 2020 to 2025 dietary guidelines weren't as specific about the types of fat or carbohydrates to consume and didn't have exact amounts of fruits, veggies, and fiber to strive for. And with the updated guidelines, it's a good reminder that quality of food is important too, according to... Derosha, who is a doctor at the WHO, so she tells Healthline, making heart healthy fat choices and high fiber, nutrient dense carbohydrate choices is a key element. That's right. Keep pumping that fiber and grains and all that shit into your body, folks. You'll you'll balloon up like them EU mofos do. So the general, the previous general rule taught to most nutrition professionals <coughs> sorry that term just makes me choke for recommending fiber intake for children was age plus 5 so for example a 4 year old would need their age 4 which doesn't oh okay it said 4 year old i thought it said 5 year old for a second sorry i got confused so a 4 year old would need their age 4 plus five grams of fiber per day for a total of nine grams of fiber per day. You don't want that kid to take a dump, do you? So the new Who Guidelines suggest significantly higher fiber intakes, starting at 15 grams of fiber a day for children aged two and older. Yeah, sounds like a real big pharma grab for some laxatives for the little crotch goblins. Now, I know you're all dying to know who this article was sponsored by, and it may not mean anything to you unless you're familiar with Vinnie Tortorich. Yeah, that's right, y'all. Our favorite assholes in the diet industry that are so full of shit, they just stink. That would be Noom.
2: Yep, uh, it's uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, Vinny had a, somebody on his uh, podcast that uh, that uh, that works there and it had and, and and basically it's like a you know, it's a tech company pretending to you know pretending to be doing diet stuff and it's uh, you know calorie in calorie out basically like most of the you know most of the things if it actually worked for anybody then you know would, people would be using it but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I kind of, I, I can tell you for See, sure. I thought
1: they had gone bankrupt.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they have or not. I mean, you know, people, people want more bullshit. I love how the WHO is basically, uh, you know, going the opposite direction. I can tell you, tell you all, folks. You don't really need any fiber. I can assure you, I, I, things are quite all right. Uh, you know, without without it. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, just make sure you get plenty of coffee. So why don't you tell us what researchers are talking about with some espresso?
2: Yes, apparently they're, they're, they think it's a way to fight Alzheimer's. Now, a study published this month in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry found that components in espresso may help combat the rise of... Um, uh, let's see, of Alzheimer's disease. Anyway. Now,
1: remind you, petal heads, what is Alzheimer's disease also known as? Type 3 diabetes.
2: Yes. So, um, yes, and the researchers based out of the University of Verona found that the component, compounds present in espresso coffee could help inhibit a protein key to Alzheimer's development. Now, the study, which was done in a lab and found, funded by the Italian government, so, you know, they're, talk, they're studying coffee in Italy. No <laughs> bias there yeah, at exactly. all. It was, it was focused on tau proteins. Now, when proteins start to accumulate or clump into tangles, they have been linked to an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. Now, the research involved identifying find and isolating tau. Now, the protein effects function in part of the brain for those with Alzheimer's and other conditions, including Parkinson's, in a group known as uh, tau Now, in the experiment, researchers added to the same tube both these tau proteins and compounds commonly found in espresso. These compounds include caffeine, coffee extract, and, and genistein. So they didn't even use the actual f- freaking coffee, right? Now, then they observed that the tau was preserved from aggregation or clumping that can be associated with Alzheimer's disease after exposure to these compounds and the researchers theorize that these compounds found in espresso may be utilized in the future to create treatments for alzheimer's disease now the rest of the articles a lot of stuff that basically just says oh yeah more research is needed um and uh there we are so uh no
1: you said it you said it i, I said, more research is needed y- also known as the great bullshit line yeah that's right which means guy, we don't fucking know what we're talking about we couldn't prove our theory more research is needed <clears throat> bullshit. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. What is not bullshit is the fact that we we are now to the uh, we are we are now able to get to the next uh, segment here, which is uh, this. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Yeah, and, that's right.
1: There's nothing like a penis in your asshole. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's nothing like a. According get, to my friend, anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, um, yeah. There's nothing quite like getting uh, a dog uh, to, uh, uh, you know, get, getting your dog back after you got in no a coma. Uh,
1: All right. Anybody else? When he said a dog was waiting for it to lick your balls. <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to apologize. That's exactly where my head went. Is there was there was peanut butter puppy time.
2: Oh, geez. Now you're gonna make me write down a show title. <laughs> Peanut butter puppy time. Jeez uh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> you are you are you are a you are I'm a, a bad bit. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, not doing that. All right. <laughs>
1: Yes. yes, Sir Benrose, don't listen to uh, the toy box killer David Parker Ray's uh, tape to his victims if you're thinking about dogs and assholes.
2: Yeah. Now, waking up from a coma, a man was devastated when he learned his dog had gotten lost, but his luck turned around after the help from a local dog rescue organizer. Now, Bubba N- Newlish was hospitalized with a bacterial infection and put into an induced coma on April 18th. Now, after waking from his coma three weeks later, he was desperate to see his four. Four-year-old dog Bullet. Yeah, we got Bubba and Bullet. This is, these are, by the way, this is in the UK. I No, actually, this is not in the UK. I was going to say it's in the South. Yeah, I guess it is in the South. However, while still in the hospital. Oh my God, the comedy writes y- itself. Bubba received a call to tell him his beloved Booch had gone missing from his home in, home in Grand Prairie, Texas. Yeah, it's about as south as you get there. Uh,
1: Why am I not surprised this story with a dude named Bubba and a dog named Bullet came out of Texas? Yes. On the suggestion of
2: some of the hospital nurses, he immediately took to Facebook and asked for help in lost pet groups in the hope someone had spotted Bullet in the area he had adopted bullet after being forced to retire from his truck driving job for medical reasons in october 2015 and says the dog pulled him out of a deep depression
1: i'm guaranteeing you right now this dude is on the fat man cocktail because it's very hard to get medically disqualified from truck driving you either have to have diabetes not be well definitely if you can't pass your physical If your blood pressure is too high, these are pretty much the top three ways that you can end up getting disqualified from being able to drive. So you could probably admit this dude from Texas was probably a big old boy, especially if his name was Bubba.
2: Yes. um, But, uh, yeah, um, so and uh, so as it happened, someone had seen him 43 year old kim joppy who runs a dog rescue in dallas now bullet had made it to joppy's rescue center on june 4th and after she learned who he belonged to she stepped up to make sure she was or he was back at bubba's side as fast as possible neutered neutered and microchipped joppy drove the dog out to bubba and was delighted with what happened after she arrived when they were reunited i can't describe the pure emotion that came from him said kim they were so bonded it was so beautiful and i've never seen anything like it um yeah i i can't believe you know saying that yeah that's much like i've done with cashmere i guess
1: that would you know that really does equate to the way cashmere acted when we came back from israel he actually let us pet him with his hands which anyone who knows cashmere knows he does not tolerate being petted with hands it's feet or fuck off
2: yeah um yeah so um yeah let's hang on a minute let me try and do that let me figure out the let me fixed, uh, the i hold on let's try to let's try uh like i'm trying to answer weirdo who might be having trouble with the stream uh uh, use that URL. Okay, there we go. We can. Yeah, there we, we go. Can we, see. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there, there we go. Yeah, so I don't. The stream is up. Uh, I think. The, I think the issue he's running into is the one that I have. I'm not sure what's causing the problem. There's a. There's a couple of ways to connect to it. Um. You know. There's that. And yes. There's also the no agenda stream, which is there as well. Yeah. So,
1: exactly. So yeah. to get back to this story.
2: Yeah. So yeah, we got it. But. Uh, um, so, um, let's see what um, let me see where I'm. At. yeah, so Bull- Bubba adopted bullet after some friend's dog had a litter of puppies. Now the people I was staying with at the time had a dog who had babies. Now, one of them wouldn't leave my side ever, said Bubba. I don't know why, but he started hanging out with me, so I adopted him. He was my reason to keep on going. He really helped me through emotionally and brought me so much happiness and joy. he said, Kim being gone was the hardest part of waking up. Now, Bubba said that he and Bullet are now back at home safely and are continuing to enjoy their favorite TV shows together. Now, Kim's an angel. I'm so thankful for her for bringing him back to me. I'll never forget what she's done. I mean, that's a nice story.
1: Yeah, until Alzheimer's takes your brain, you fat bastard.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. That's true. Um, and uh, Sorry, uh, I.
1: there is just a part of me that cannot be filtered ever. But I'll tell you. What does melt my heart? Yeah. Sees migrating turtles and tiny hatchlings that are getting a boost from workers at a Connecticut dry cleaners. Finally, something endearing about my home state. So some years ago, a Connecticut dry cleaner realized their store was smack dab in the middle of a turtle migration route. And now every year from May to September, job responsibilities (coughs) shift excuse me, shift. From cleaning and pressing clothes to cleaning, pressing clothes, and picking up little turtles. Pimacha Pond. A 19-acre bottle of of water. Yeah! Wow! A 19-acre body of water in Middletown, Connecticut, is the site of a spring migration of eastern painted turtles who have to cross a busy two-lane road to get there and lay their eggs. So late in the summer, the flow of turtles changes. And rather than adult turtles entering the best cleaner's front door, tiny little hatchlings, no bigger than a quarter, come through the back. And every summer, we're always looking at our feet because we don't want to step on them, said assistant manager Jennifer Malone. She told the Washington Post this and Malone is just one pair of hands at the cleaners that routinely crosses the busy road with turtles in hand because ever since the local news covered the story and it was picked up by the post, all the locals have been coming out to pitch in. We've all helped bring at least one turtle across, Malone told the Middletown Press. We're used to it now. It's part of the job almost. We put them a good distance toward the water, and they usually climb down the bank. Now... They're not rare, they're not endangered. They're just an eastern painted turtle, and they're one of the most common turtles in America. But they're an important indicator species and can be used as a proxy of the integrity of the ecosystem as a whole. Now, charmingly, the residents of Middletown believe it's part of what makes the town special, seeing little turtles slipping about on the floors of the store when they come in to pick up their dry cleaning. That makes my heart smile because i like turtles
2: yeah and now and now we got yeah we're we're having yeah i think there's some issue with some redirect or something this i need to actually point to yeah i need to point the 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 stream again i i don't know that's something i will have to look at uh um when during the off time i'm actually um i'm actually on vacation for the next couple weeks so i'm gonna get have time to like Debug some of these weird things that have been going on. So, um, but in any case, uh, there is. Uh, uh, before we uh, go to the uh, the cavalcade of stupidity, which we do have and and queued up ready to go here, um, little girl, yeah. Yes, I, I have that here somewhere, but so, but I, I, I wanted to, I, I want to, I, I, I hate, okay, we, we're not going to cover these listicle articles on a regular basis. I just think this, I, I am doing this purely for comedy value or the, or the attempted comedy value. So it says 11 ways to talk less and listen more during conversations. Now, oh. so this is what they say. Ask questions to get the other person talking. How come you're not talking? <laughs> um, Well, yeah, okay Be a a purposeful listener Was I supposed to be talking? I was listening (laughs) Okay Be concise in your conversation Well, you know I can't be concise in my conversation (laughs) Ever Remember, you don't have to tell people all your business Have you listened to our show? Apparently not Yes, Repeat a person's words
1: back to them before responding. Repeat a person's words <laughs> back to them before responding.
2: Now, pay attention to their nonverbal cues. You can't do that on a podcast, although we can do it. Because we
1: can do it because we're next to yeah, each exactly. other. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that people understand how number one you are as well.
2: Yes. So make them aware that you aren't the best listener but you're trying to be better at it yes y'all we're we're, we're not really great listeners here you know that this uh, on this show what were you um, saying i wasn't listening <laughs> exactly don't let your ego get in the way Glad i, I don't yeah my do my you ex- know how
1: bad you sound
2: yeah well yeah my, my my ex-wife still has my ego i haven't gotten it back yet um so um Let's see. At least
1: she didn't get your libido.
2: That, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, so be comfortable with moments of silence,
1: also known as get used to phone boys' mute button. Focus on the person talking to you.
2: Were you talking to me? Um, and don't offer unsolicited advice. Do you know how bad this sound? <laughs> exactly. Now, of course, the end of all of this, right? That you know, obviously, if you if you want to talk less and listen more, you should probably shouldn't podcast like like we do but that's right yes so now with all of that we uh we have our we have our cavalcade of stupidity here uh sir rev cyber has got something queued up for us let's see what he's got ready to go let's go Oh wait a minute! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! All right, Can, uh, so no, no, no. Unfortunately, I have to change. I have to do an audio change here. You real have
1: fun. to love what a professional foam boy is. He finally gets a cavalcade of stupidity that isn't spliced together because we put revs beginning on something we've come up with. Because that man is a very busy man. Again, yeah. fantasy weddings. Go help him out on Indiegogo.
2: That's right. Okay, so now I'm going to play this because I wasn't. Unfortunately, was not playing so that other people could hear it. And I caught it before it got too far down the road. So Well, don't you know it's all about
1: us? Fuck the pedal heads. Yeah, okay, well. Just kidding, y'all. We love you guys. All right, here we go.
0: Heidi ho pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers of Stupidity. Team Headkick was started back in 2007 and originally focused on making music for and about video games. They provided a song to the soundtrack of Deadpool with Deadpool Rap. And their song, Deadpool Rap X-Force Remix, was featured in Deadpool 2. Released on YouTube in 2014, this is Team Headkick, Star Wars Rap, Jedi Bong Hits featuring JT Machina. You can guarantee some does George Lucas Just take a look around At the Star Wars universe You might have done some drugs But he did them all first We sell to both sides Everyone gets higher The Rebel Alliance And the Empire Dig green is the holy god shit And weed is what we slang With that Jedi bomb hits Jedi bonk hits Woohoo! Dig green Jedi bonk hits <laughs> Here, you I'm good bro Smoking a bowl With my main man, there. Can't find the ladder Then use the lightsaber Badass ass uh, Stay out of my business And hail the vapor For your carbonite sickness When you take a hit Of this shit Into your lungs Now you're filled up With dank metaphorions. Buckle up Sit back Enjoy the ride Cause even a song like, I can chill choking on the dark side I called Han Solo To smuggle my dope When I went to pick it up He said it all got smoked I was like C-3PO Make me lunch please I'm sorry Sir Chewbacca has the munchies Now we doing in light speed While the Wookiee's Tripping balls Smoking and skunk because my ganja's gone the Lisa wants another hit. you can have it jar jar i'm done with this shit layers outfit is kind of see-through i had my best chronic in not too deep to doing hash and wax with my boy dark Maul. 10 bags to take a while we smoked them all that ain't no it's a battle station galactic headshot for legalization too high to drive turn a little tighter clip a star destroyer Swerve a tide fighter Cutting Coruscant, with my Alderaan, Maui. if you ain't found the ring you can get the fuck out rolling up a blunt to straight out of best spin got a dui when i crack my fucking next wing ever met a member of the jedi council me and mace do each smoke an ounce Ew, he ate the-
2: All right, that that was a pretty groovy track, and we'll play the full. That was awesome. Yeah, we'll play the full uh, track at the end uh, of our uh, well in Studio 33 as we usually do. That's Uh, right. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, it is uh, time for Toast and Jam, where we I don't we don't have a clip to introduce Toast and Jam
1: we should get one at some point it might be a good idea
2: exactly well you know and just we all we have to do is wait for our uh, uh for one for uh, one of our friends to uh, to drop some gold in a, on, a, on another podcast probably and they
1: do often uh,
2: exactly so um so you want to talk about so you, so th- this week's been interesting uh, so you want to talk you want to so tell us uh, how rideshare went this week
1: yeah so i didn't have a lot this week for rideshare. I did have a ride on my birthday. I was not going to work on my birthday, and I decided, you know what, I had taken the day before off because I had some schoolwork to get done because we're coming to the very end of the summer semester and I want to finish strong. So I took Tuesday off, and Wednesday, which I wasn't going to work, I saw that there was a ride that left from Chattanooga to Franklin, and it was paying really good. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And in riding with my passenger, because it's like a two hour plus ride, she and I had a great conversation about a variety of topics. And I had kind of thought like, you're going to need a ride back, aren't you? And she was like, yeah, I'm like, I got you. So I explained to her how if she waits until she's done with her appointment and I'll turn my app off and wait for her in the parking lot while she has her appointment. Then once she's done, come out. I'll turn my app back on. And when she put when the ride request gets put in, it'll automatically go to me because I'm the closest driver, which is exactly what happened. But long story short. In that one interaction, I made enough for the whole day that it was the only ride I had to do with that one passenger. And then I got to come home, and my oldest son stopped by, he's so sweet, with a piece of rainbow cake, which he knows that we don't eat sugar and grains and all that, and he was funny about it because he said, Mom, I want to bring you a cupcake. He's like, and I know you don't eat all that stuff, so I'll make sure it's a one-ingredient cupcake, just cake. And I'm like, that's fantastic, dude. That was so funny. So he brought me a piece, and we did try a little bit of it because I told him that I would. And he had brought the cake over in one hand with his lighter sitting, like, lit on top and singing to me, which I thought was hilarious. Because we were outside, and because we can't have a fire pit, we light a fire in the smoker box on the grill and leave the cover open and just enjoy, you know, staring at the fire. So... Phone boy was nice enough that he bought me a bottle of LaFroyd 10 because apparently I have some expensive scotch taste. Although he says it's not that expensive, I thought it was kind of pricey.
2: No, this is well for single malt. That's a that's a that's like an entry level price for for, uh, for 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 good single malt, but uh, uh yeah, there was it was uh, they, and even in just in LaFroyd, there's there was there was a couple price tiers in there. It was, and even the higher end stuff was still pretty reasonable, but I think it, but yeah, that would, but uh, yeah, we, yeah, that was uh, yeah, you discovered the, 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 the magic of Lafroiga uh, in Israel and yes. Uh.
1: Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. And uh, I got white girl wasted on my birthday between the weed and the LaFroig and a couple of Jack peach coolers, which I absolutely love. I... Literally had to sit on the stairs that lead between the bottom floor and the second floor of my condo and have a think about it for a minute. And no, usually when I say I'm having a think, I'm taking a shit. This was a think about, please God, don't make me barf. And I had some tortilla chips I had been bad I stopped by Moe's and got a burrito and of course you know anyone who goes to Mo's, they put a bag of tortilla chips and then they put your order on top of it whatever so that was literally the only thing that saved me from throwing up because I was eating a plate of spaghetti squash which tasted lovely but it was doing nothing for soaking up all that fucking scotch in my stomach so I ate a couple of tortilla chips and it gave me enough stabilization that I was able to hoist myself up the stairs and throw myself into the bed for a minute or two. And it soaked up enough that I was also able to actually make it through a shower without tearing the shower curtain down, falling, or having a personal protein spill. So to say that I had a great birthday would probably be an understatement because it's the first time in way too many years that my birthday hasn't sucked a giant dong. So thank you, Universe, for a great birthday. And thank you to everyone who offered me birthday wishes on No Agenda and in our chat and all around. It is appreciated.
2: Yeah and then uh, you yeah I was to say then uh, then we uh it was a it was an yeah you know, we had an enjoyable evening too after um, you know as you uh, you know and, and after that, after all, after your you know, your birthday drive, right? It's, it's just, it was just it was it was a nice overall day. Yeah,
1: and the drive home was nice too, because I took back roads from Chattanooga up to home, so I didn't have to fuck off on the highway because the highway screwed my ass over, because the GPS sucks. But and my Apple GPS was saying, oh, take these back roads, and I should have listened, because Go, the going Lyft,
2: to Chattanooga, yeah,
1: yeah, the Lyft GPS was like, no, nah, you need to take the high. Yeah, which ended up in a four-mile fucking backup, which almost cost me that ride because I was 15 minutes late from the time the person was supposed to be picked up. I was pissed. You can be assured, I will never not take the back road to Chattanooga from now on because nah, that is some bullshit. But you know what wasn't bullshit? This morning, I got up. Well, actually, maybe it was a little bit of bullshit because I had scheduled a ride last night that went to the airport in Nashville. Now, I usually don't work on Saturdays, as you all know, but this ride was less than a half a mile from my house. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like money, though. And Phone Boy and I talked about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take this ride. And it was an amazing ride, paid well, and I figured, eh, to hell with it. While I'm in Nashville, I've got the time, everything for the show is ready, I'm just going to work a little bit. And then I had a cutoff time that I told myself I was going to cut off by, which I did, and came home to get ready to be on the show. And I made a pretty good chunk of change today to the point where I may actually do it again on another Saturday because that money was cake. Now, granted, the money that I got paid for literally driving to Nashville with my passenger was nothing to sneeze at, and I know that working a Saturday in the future, that more than likely will not occur. It's very rare for me to get a lucrative ride way out here. Well, yeah, and like, literally,
2: literally, you know, I mean. It was practically
1: across the street, but here's what really sucked. So when I originally booked this ride, it said it was for 6 a.m. I'm like, all right, fantastic. I set my alarm for 5 a.m., and I'm slowly waking myself up. It's about six minutes after, and I always, if I have a really early ride, I look at my phone to make sure that the reservation has not canceled because there's nothing worse than getting up, getting ready, turning on your app as you're sitting in the car and the fucking ride's been canceled. Like that will set me off, especially on a Saturday when I don't usually work. Yeah, I would have been pissed. But my app is flipping the fuck out about how I need to go online right now to accept the ride request. It's prepared, it's ready. And I'm like, what is this thing losing its fucking shit about? Somehow, and I think it's because of how close to the Eastern time zone we are, something happened. <clears throat> and that ride went from being a 6 AM pickup to a 5 AM pickup. Now I didn't lose the ride as, as I said, and you know, I, I ended up getting it lovely, wonderful girl. And, Of course, we talked about my show, because I'm a little, uh, you know, egomaniacal about that. And I do have a sticker on each of the headrests, so I get more people commenting, like, oh, what's the lotus effect? So, of course, it's an opening for the conversation, like, oh, that's the show my boyfriend and I do, and blah, 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 blah. And we garner listeners. I have no shame, as you all know by now. So, Hopefully she got a chance to listen and hopefully she got back to where she needed to be. But the irony of this, and this is where the universe has a fantastic sense of humor and also gives me gifts along with the laugh that it has. This girl is from California and guess where she's living? That's right, Seattle. So I'm like, wow, the serendipity behind that is so... Thick Coincidence? She,
0: I think not
1: I'm telling you And and she asked me to ask Foam Boy, which I did earlier today If he had ever eaten a banana slug Because apparently these things make your tongue all numb And it's all kinds of fun And it's not dangerous, according to her
2: Yeah, I, I saw enough banana slugs going, growing up And actually, if you uh, the UC Santa Cruz uh, their uh, Their mascot is a banana slug That tells you everything that you need to know about Which you know.
1: actually, she had informed me of. I've been with you a year and a half. You never told me that your alma mater's mascot no, 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 was a no, banana. No, no, no. That slug. is not
2: that is not no. That is not my alma mater. My alma mater is Santa Clara. They're the Broncos. So
1: Okay, what, did you say Santa Cruz No, before? I was talking about
2: UC Santa Cruz. I did
1: not go to UC oh, Santa Cruz. Oh, my bad. No, no, you went to Santa, Santa Clara. Clara yes. I know that. Yes. Okay, because she had said, I must have misunderstood yeah. her, because she had said that the mascot was well, a banana yeah, slug. For, yes,
2: for, yeah, for UCSC. That's what she got it,
1: got it. My bad. Yeah, but she wanted me to ask you if you had ever eaten one. And mm. that'll actually tie into a story that we're going to talk about in the higher consciousness segment. Yeah. But that's all I have on Rideshare this week, except for we have this wonderful piece that phone boy had forgotten to include the last time we did a show. And it is hilarious. Go ahead, Phoneboy. boy. Tell them the question you asked me as we got into Nashville to get to Israel.
2: Yeah. Do you remember the exit for BNA?
1: Really? And, 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 and I, I'm, I was gobsmacked that he did this. I'm just looking at him and I'm like, did you really just fucking ask me that question? I'm sorry, have we met? I'm, I'm Phoenix. Um, I drive rideshare in Nashville all fucking day. No, I got no idea what the exit for BNA would be. I only see it 10, 20 fucking times a day as I'm going up and down Interstate 40 and 24 and all that. So yeah, no, no clue, no yep. memory.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, it was just one of those little funny anecdotes that, that occur, you know, and, and I know when I asked the question, I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe that even <laughs> that even uh, left my mouth.
1: Much like a lot of the things that come out of our mouths that end up as show titles, we're just like, did you really just say that?
2: <laughs> yeah. I knew the exit for TNA, which is when, yeah, um, that's a well, 33. Thirty. Yeah. It's always extra. It's always exit 33.
1: Or 69 if you're doing it right.
2: Yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, um, I think we're on to the next topic, uh, which is, which is uh, well, the, the, the school speech class from hell, whatever you want to call it. Oh,
1: my God. And it has been the communication class from hell, I assure you. I have never been so glad to be done with assignments. I literally only have one or two things that I have to do, which I don't even, I mean, they're assignments, but they're not. It's basically just, oh, post comments on, you know, this student's this or this student's that. It's not anything that I'm really worried about. It'll get done in time. But the final thing that I had to do was a persuasive speech. And anyone who's ever done public speaking in their professional career I, I, I short circuit when I think about this because every week I do this show. It's called Lotus Effect. You may have heard of it. And compared to Phone Boy, I can actually get several sentences out that are not segmented and stuttered. I do well publicly speaking. I will just say that.
2: Exactly. And it's, this is, it's just, it, yeah, it blows me away. And, and I've helped with some of the, you know, some of the assignments. Cause I, I look at what she's asking and I go, you know what? I've been doing this for, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. This is not, she's putting way more shit in this than you actually need to do. It's, 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 it's like an and, outline, And, 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 and I'll tell the, you- uh, the outline format. Don't get, don't get me started on that. Yeah, um,
1: I'll, I'll tell you, that's what set him off was that the last feedback that I got from her was um on the speech that I did for a demonstration, I believe it was. Yes, it was the, the demonstration. Steak and eggs. Yeah, the steak and egg speech, which it's it's not it's on no agenda tube, as is the persuasive speech. If anyone is inclined to see this, and I think Phone Boy is posting in our show notes possibly the persuasive uh, speech. Yes, I will do that. Yeah, but irrelevant to the fact, the outline that was written. Now, anyone who does public speaking, like I said, on a professional platform. Your outline is personal. You're not handing your outline out to other fucking people. So the outline that was written with phone boys assistance was absolutely beautiful. And the feedback from this fucking cunt, and I'll say it just like that. This is not an outline because we didn't do it exactly the way her narcissistic ass wanted it. Can I assure you, I am furious. And at this point, I've never been so glad to be done with a class. I've never disliked a teacher so much in my whole life. And you know what's funny? I'm thinking about this. Because I did say... I'm pretty sure I said what the name of my podcast was when I did the introduction speech.
2: Uh, No, we did not.
1: Oh. So in other words, unless she's savvy enough, she may never hear this show. And you know what? After this is all over, I didn't name names, so... Fuck you! Fuck you! Don't care. Point being, I nailed this speech. Okay? I sent this speech to one of the pedal heads just because we're friends. And the response I got back was so positive. And this person said, if I were the teacher, I'd give you an A. So you all can be your own judge of how I did on this speech, I think I killed it. And even if she does tie my name to Phoenix, you know what, the First Amendment still says I have the right to speak my mind. And she's been spending the entire course trying to get me to quote unquote speak my mind. Be careful what you wish for is all I will say.
2: Yes, exactly. And I think uh, some of the stuff that was uh, said, uh, yeah, I think it's going to get some attention, I believe. Um, so.
1: Well, the fact that I can literally say, according to the FDA or according to this or according to that, and I still get the feedback, you're not listing citations. No, because the vernacular, according to or purported by, no, that's not citations at all. So I can assure you in this speech, she got 100% of a citation jammed squarely up her ass sideways with barbed wire.
2: Yeah, the, the sort yeah and and when, yeah and by the way sources are much like experts right just because they are you know they claim to be uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily what they are right source it's it's a it's a bunch of bullshit yeah so that, that it's exactly how citations work but now I think we've gotten to the point now where we are at the uh, the point where we ask the pedal heads to weigh in on our refire topic, which this week is, are you a coffee and or a tea uh, guy or gal or whatever gender you are? Um, how many? Uh, yeah. And, and, and how do you take it? We'd like, this is what we're, this is what we asked our pedal heads. So you, if you're listening to this right now and hear, you can hear the sound of my voice, if you call 253-237-3321, you can, you too can weigh in on this topic
1: and we'll play it on the air. That's right. So we want to know. Coffee, tea, me. What's this first caller have to say?
3: Salutations and greetings. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, it's a Saturday. Scissor lift Saturday. Yeah. Having fun on the scissor lift. Anywho. Oh, let's see. Copy or copy. It's not a question. I just never got into yeah, I mean I had it here and there. I can't say I've ever had anything like, oh this is amazing. But uh I don't know. Just yeah, always been a coffee person. And uh as the truck buys because 'cause I'm in a parking lot. Um yeah, but uh black, I'll take it. Always have. Uh remember not that it matters, but my mom used to always, she would get like mochas and stuff like that. And I didn't really realize later she'd get it with light chocolate. So that's why I didn't like her mochas because it wasn't as much chocolate. And I mean, like I'll still have that stuff now, but, uh, on occasion, but, uh, but just around the house or even going out because it's cheaper. I'll just get, you know, fresh, fresh coffee, fresh brewed coffee and, uh, you know, ice or whatever, but yeah, always black. Never, never done the creamer thing. So. And uh my wife will get it, and so I won't drink it. So, anyway, it's just half and half or whatever. So, all right, that's enough about that. Because, you know, that's what's going on. But, uh yeah, maybe I'll come up with a question and call back later. I don't have anything to say. So, all right, love you guys. Stay dangerous. And uh whether or not you're on a scissor lift, or you're a scissor lift, or you want to drive a scissor lift, or you're scared of heights, Go ahead and give a hearty
2: Kaka, Ka-ka! Ka-ka! There you go. I, Thank heard, you, I, heard, Mr. I, heard, I heard penis. Battles. I heard penis lift. Of course you did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there was a another potential show title. Never got into Gmail account.
1: That is that's hilarious. Google Translate <laughs> fucked that up sideways. Good, though. I mean, that that could literally Christopher Battles could be three and zero oh for them show titles at this point.
2: Okay, so what did what did you post what uh, oh what did you post into the chat here?
1: I posted as per requested in the back channel, a speaker that Phoenix Jr recently designed, and so he asked me to post it for all the pedal heads because he's a tech tard and his computer sucks worse than Windows. So, well, I did him a solid.
2: Okay, there you go. I was just I, w- <coughs> I was just checking before it uh, because I'm going out because that looks pretty sweet, I gotta say.
1: You need to be checking that
2: uh, cough button. yeah, I know I, I need to I need to check out this next voicemail, which I think is uh, uh will be appropriate.
3: I'm a coffee girl completely. I don't drink sweet tea like everybody else in the South. The only tea I ever drink, and it is rare is herbal tea. So, yeah, coffee for me, please. Creamer and sugar. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Bye.
1: Thank you so much, Mama T. And, yeah, we know what kind of herbal tea you're consuming over there. Mm. We know how you roll, roll, roll. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But, But you
1: know... uh, uh, I agree with the whole cream and sugar thing, minus the sugar, of course, because we're not consuming sugar, but uh, I, I think we need to consume another voicemail. We
2: got one more voicemail here, um, but you, uh, you, although you could uh, you could change that by calling in to 253-237-3321.
1: Uh, we desperately want to hear from some of our epic trolls, weirdo Sir Bemrose, Bully Steed, come at us, Phoenix Jr., tell us, coffee, tea, how do you take it? Do you take it?
2: There you go.
3: Hey, y'all. You know who this is. I prefer coffee over tea, and I like mine light.
0: And I used to like it sweet, but I hardly, barely put any sugar in. Maybe one teaspoon, if that, anymore. But, yep, I like
2: my coffee light, and I prefer coffee over tea. Love you guys. Have a good show. Bye. 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 Thanks, Wookie. All right. Hang on a minute. I got to... I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Bemrose needs more liquor.
0: That's, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: That that's exactly what it is. Yes, I you know you fucked up. Because you know you meant to hit the Bemrose clip and not the information clip. No, I no, I, I did it on purpose.
2: Uh-huh, sure. Because you did because I saw it in the chat, I said, Well, I got information. Bemrose needs more liquor. That, that is completely
1: true. Um, you know what else is true? Poem 435 just showed up. Yeah. Ooh, we ooh. have not seen this name in a minute, so yes, we welcome are. back. All righty. Yeah. I'm glad you're here.
2: Okay, but I think, are, uh, I think we are now to that point in the show where I play, uh, let's see, I think I play, let's see, I think it's this clip.
0: I'll take a drink, and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Reefer, you know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything, but I do not freebase cocaine.
2: Pretty That's sure. Fine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, Kevin Durant doesn't freebase cocaine. He definitely, uh, smokes the Holy herb because, Oh yeah. Because it was reported that NBA star Kevin Durant said commissioner smelled marijuana on him as he advocated for ending THC testing for players. It's a beautiful story. Now, NBA all-star Kevin Durant says he personally lobbied the league's commissioner to get marijuana removed from the banned substances list for players. And during one such meeting, he, he said the official caught a whiff of cannabis on him and. So at a CNBC and boardroom game plan sports business conference on Tuesday, Durant was asked how he managed to persuade Commissioner Adam Silver to lift the cannabis ban. He started by noting that he smelled it when I walked
1: in. I I, I just want to notate. (laughs) Thank you for your courage, sir. Yes. Way uh, to take a meeting with the commissioner. Ooh, so big penis.
2: Yes, and and smelling of the holy herb, too. Yes. uh, Now, I really don't have much to say, you know, just what I'm saying. He kind of understood where this was going. He said, I just felt like it was becoming a thing around the country, around the world. The stigma behind it wasn't as negative as it was before. It doesn't affect you in any negative way. Now, Durant, who teamed up with the online uh, marijuana marketplace Weed Maps on campaign to destigmatize cannabis, said at the NBC event that, or CNBC event, that the commissioner agreed with him. Now, it's the NBA. Everybody does it. It's like wine at this point. Mm. Now, the NBA and its players union signed the collective bargaining agreement that removed marijuana from the league's banned substances list for players last month.
1: That is definitely a... (laughs) Step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. There That's right, yes. it is. And honestly, Weed Maps is cool as shit. I- I've actually used Weed Maps. Uh, I can either confirm nor deny uh, what I might have been doing at the time, but I-, I can assure you that I have definitely found the green goodness in states where it is legal using such service, so.
2: Exactly. so Kudos
1: to them. Yeah, exactly.
2: Now, we're going to talk about HHC. This is a a chemical compound uh, that is found in some cannabis and hemp strains, and it has a similar structure to THC, but it interacts differently in the body. Now, when HHC enters the body, it binds to receptors in the brain and nervous system known as CB1 and CB2, which regulate many body functions it can result in the feelings of relaxation and alter your mood. Getting a better idea of HHC effects and drawbacks can help you decide if it's right for you. Now, the HHC research is still in its infancy, but some studies suggest that it lowers pain, improves mood, and increases appetite. Now, here's a look at some of the potential effects. Now, um, there can be mild psychoactive effects. It's thought to be similar uh, but gentler to uh, than uh, Delta 9 THC. Many users find HHC experience to be more clear-minded, concentrated, and less overwhelming, potentially leading to fewer common side effects. Now, the, this friendly characteristic of HHC makes it an appealing option for those seeking a milder experience. Uh, reduced nausea. The anti-emetic uh, properties of cannabinoids, including HHC, could make it useful. Now, could meaning they uh, haven't proven it yet um, for individuals experiencing nausea due to various causes. Now, appetite stimulation in the same way that other cannabinoids stimulate appetite, HHC might be helpful for those uh, struggling with appetite-suppressing conditions or patients undergoing treatment that affects their appetite. And there may be some. And there's some evidence that cannabinoids, including HHC, may have neuroprotective properties, suggesting benefits for persons with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And, um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, and and honestly, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, knowledge on exactly what, you know, what the, the potential benefits and side effects and all of that that are different. It's, it's just, it's just one, you know, it's the industry trying to, uh, you know, be legal within the, you know, within the bounds of the farm bill. Why don't they just freaking legalize it you know, already and just call it done?
1: Because fat old white men still run the South.
2: Yeah. Well. That this is true. Now, um, th- Now the, art- the, the article that we re- read from is a sponsored article for the Hemp Doctor, an online purveyor of hemp-derived products based in North Carolina, which is not too far from us. And we actually ordered some product. And uh, it actually, it was pretty good. I mean...
1: Yeah, we ordered some HHC Moon Rocks, uh, cherry runts, and cereal milk, I believe it was. Yeah. The cherry runts was not tasty, but it definitely got you there. The cereal milk was delicious, and also had the same effect so we will definitely be purchasing from that fine establishment again
2: yes we will uh, but uh, but not for a little while i think we've uh, uh, anyway we uh, so um now apparently weed uh makes runner's highs even better i should have tested this today and i did not
1: we're going to test it tomorrow remember i told you we are getting up in the morning and we're going to get higher than squirrel nuts and we're going to go for a run to test this it's some field research Eesh
2: gonna be hot and humid tomorrow i don't know it's. it's, uh...
1: you pussy you ran a fucking 5k today don't tell me about fucking humidity i saw my watch you got another fucking award for doing a 5k so you can absolutely just walk right off okay so here's what it
2: says so you want your runner's eye to go even higher. Try a little cannabis before your jog. That's a takeaway from a newly published study in, in cannabis and cannabinoid research. Now, the author said that the use of cannabis with various forms of exercise, e.g. running, has received increased media attention in recent years, contradicting the popular stereotype that cannabis is associated with sedentary behavior. Although cross-sectional evidence suggests a positive association between cannabis use and exercise engagement, to date, the acute effects of cannabis on exercise remains unclear, they wrote. Now, with that background, they set out to assess the link between marijuana use and exercise by comparing participants' experiences of running uh, ad libitum, which means as much as you want, use of, uh, of of legal market cannabis, cannabis run, to running without cannabis, the non-cannabis run in a real world They, they should have
1: recruited you, phone boy. With the amount of miles you used to run when you were back in the P&W, you would have been a fantastic candidate to get stoned and go for a 10K. It would have been nothing to you.
2: That's right. And they probably would have done it, too. Now, the reason. Research assessed 49 participants between the ages of 21 and 49 years old, all of whom were cannabis users. Now, the participants ran an average of 3.88 miles during both cannabis-influenced runs. Well, that way, that's a little bit over a 5K, just for reference. And, uh, non, and, 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 and although participants ran an average of 31 seconds a mile slower during their cannabis run, this difference was not statistically significant, the researchers noted, adding that participants reported less negative effect, greater feelings of positive effect, tranquility, enjoyment, disassociation, and more runner's high symptoms during their cannabis runs.
1: Uh, again, I'm going to point out, I'm amazed that they didn't make it an average of 33 seconds a mile. Come yeah. on. I know. They're, uh, they're, yeah.
2: they're not right in on the script. This,
1: this, Well, okay, so this is what makes me laugh is the fact they're reporting that they ran 31 seconds slower while they were stoned, yet sports officials think that marijuana is a Performance enhancing drug. I think you motherfuckers are the ones that are high
2: Yeah, clearly. Um now, um so yeah let's see what we say moreover participants also reported lower pain levels after their cannabis run according to researchers who said that perceived exertion did not differ between the two runs now in the study published this month the author said that feelings of positive effect disassociation and enjoyment during exercise are positively associated with an individual's ability to begin and maintain a regular exercise regimen it's possible that cannabis use may actually facilitate exercise motivation and engagement among some cannabis users um, now, these findings could explain in part why cannabis users are more likely to meet minimum physical activity guidelines and have lower body mass indexes, as well as why cannabis users who use cannabis when they engage exercise engage in more exercise on average relative to users who do not engage in this behavior, they wrote, as quoted by Normal.
1: And the thing that gets me is I've actually heard for quite some time, even before I started running or doing anything really Impactual, which I can assure you I need to get back to anyone who sees this video. I'm looking at an image from this video Holy shit. I have backslid and I just cannot have that. I've got to tighten up my game but irrelevant to the fact a long time ago, I had heard that getting stoned before you work out is Amazing it reduces pain it increases your focus I can't think of any reason if, if you're not concerned with, like, your, you know, your per mile time or or for any other reason. I just I can't see why getting stoned and having a workout would be a bad thing. It seems like all aces.
2: Exactly. I mean, it's so I uh, but I think it's interesting. Yeah, but I think this is. Uh, you know, this is a yeah. I mean, there's still probably more research is needed, and of course, you know, the, the beautiful. Oh, thing we is know you know what have
1: that to, means, though. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you also don't have to wait for some else to do the research. You can do it yourself, and you can decide how it works for you or doesn't work. You and know?
1: that's the beautiful part. You know, we're always railing against big pharma and saying that we think the holy herb could help in so many medical ways. Well. Call us medical researchers because we're going to get stoned and go for a run tomorrow.
2: There you go. Call us medical researchers. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, Australia becomes the first country to authorize psilocybin MDMA therapy. Um, now, the land under made a historic move over the weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. Though some experts are cautious as to how exactly the major change will fully pan out.
1: That's right, and Australia became the first country in the world to authorize psilocybin and MDMA use through a doctor's prescription to treat psychiatric conditions like post-traumatic stress disorder (PTSD) and depression. Now, what began on Saturday the first is that both drugs were off, I'm sorry, the first of July. Let me be more specific. That both drugs were authorized for therapeutic use after regulators approved the up-and-coming treatment option earlier this year. Now, Australia's drug regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, TGA, approved the move back in February and indicated that the change wasn't made lightly. Rather, it came after nearly a three-year decision-making process, which included extensive consultation with a number of experts on the topic. MDMA, also known as ecstasy or molly, was approved as a treatment for PTSD, while psilocybin, the psychoactive substance in psilo- or excuse me, psychedelic mushrooms, was approved to for treatment-resistant depression. I'm not I, I just have to say I'm not real sure how I feel about shrooms being used with depression. Because you, and, and I can speak about this from a very real place, that I was kind of down, really feeling defeated, thought, I'll eat a handful of mushrooms, that'll help. I looked like a relative of Jar Jar Binks and took a two-hour crying fit. I don't recommend psilocybin if you're not in a good headspace. I'm just going to put that out there
2: yeah the, 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 yeah for real folks than <laughs> that um now, uh, both drugs will be down-scheduled from Australia's strictest category Schedule 9, uh, donating uh, uh, donating uh, prohibited substances to Schedule 8 or controlled drugs, but solely for medical use in psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. Now, while cities and states in the United States have gradually eased restrictions on psychedelics to si- similarly usher in a new area of psych- uh, therapeutic care, Australia is the first country in the world to down-schedule psilocybin and MDMA for clinical treatments and the country will now allow these substances to be adopted as part of therapy sessions under the guidance of a qualified and authorized practitioner in other words your legalized drug dealer uh more research is still needed you know there's that phrase again to fully unravel the potential of drugs like mdma and psilocybin and some australian experts have expressed concern about the recent move It's not for everybody. We need to work out who these people are that are going to have bad experiences and not recommend it, said Susan Rossell, a a psychiatrist at Swinburne University of Technology in Melbourne. She added uh, that she fears should the drug be improperly administered, treatment could result in bad trips and leave patients with more psychological issues than they came in with. Speaking,
1: That's exactly my point. I mean it's it's a very slippery slope that you stand on with mental health issues and while I'm a huge proponent of THC and psilocybin and even LSD to be honest with you I'm a fan of all three but I also understand they have their place and With weed, not so much. But psilocybin and LSD, you really need to make sure that your headspace is proper. Otherwise, the results can be catastrophic and even deadly, let's just be honest.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, we got, um, yeah, and it's, uh, um, you know, we can... You know, this is, uh, and it's worth noting that in a broader sense, it's clear that the shift around psychedelic medicine is moving much more quickly than cannabis did previously, as a similarly criminalized drug that is now undergoing major reform. Now, beyond Australia, some leaders and experts have similarly questioned whether things are moving too quickly, and that, um, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, some things aren't moving fast or aren't moving fast enough, and other things are moving too fast. Uh, you know, um, who's to say what's what there i guess Um, now what is interesting however and 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 you found this story and it, it, it involves psychedelic toads
1: you know you've all heard about licking a toad to get high well here we go folks psychedelic toads are invading arizona after the monsoon season has kicked in so the Sonoran Desert toad is breeding in Arizona after the monsoon rains. The toad, with glands secreting a venom rich in the hallucinogens 5-MeO-DMT and bufotenin, is invading Arizona now that the monsoon conditions have kicked in for the late summer. Now, they can measure up to seven inches long and have a low-pitched croak that inevitably serenades the night in multiple states during hot, wetter months. Also known as the Sonoran Desert Toad, this amphibian has a pretty mighty punch. What the toad does is that it actually secretes a very strong psychedelic compound, and although very dangerous to animals like dogs and cats, using it for a drug in humans is very much illegal bite me so 5 meo dmt is a naturally occurring hallucinogen found in many plant species and in toads used across south america for hundreds of years as an a theogen and and theogen i've never heard of that It's now being explored in the medical sphere for treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Gee, didn't we just hear something about that? Hmm, I think we did. So, please refrain from licking the toads, the National Park Service warned last November. Toad licking has become so popular that they're considered threatened by the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish, and they're considered endangered in California the recreational and medical use of the toads is catching on vice media's hamilton morris documented the sonoran desert toad in detail calling the toad's secretions the most potent psychedelic toad venom on earth which also makes it ideal for medical research sonoran desert toad venom should only be vaped or smoked in style reported Toad venom is scraped from the glands of the animals and dried into a paste, which is later smoked. The experience is going to start within 10 to 30 seconds, and then you're going to be physically incapacitated for 20 to 30 minutes. It's also being explored for its medical properties in the field of medicine. Oxford-based startup Berkeley Psytech in the UK announced August 15th of 21 that it raised $80 million to ramp out ramp up clinical trials and research using a pharma pharmaceutical pharmaceutical formulation of 5-MeO-DMT. So that means it's not even the real shit. They're syntheticking this, and yet they expect they're going to get accurate medical researches, you know, results. Yeah, you guys aren't fucking dumb or nothing. So clinical studies using psychedelics show huge potential to battle treatment-resistant depression under the guidance of a therapist. You know, because that's just what you want when you're having a a psychoactive trip is a fucking shrink right there to put shit in your head. But while a psilocybin experience can last five to eight hours, a 5-MeO DMT session will last just one hour, which could radically reduce the cost of treatment. It could also radically reduce the effectiveness, just saying.
2: Yeah, well, no, yeah, I mean, there's, again, they're, they're focusing on the compounds that they can make themselves and make money on versus, you know, the fact it's a fucking plant, you can grow it, and it doesn't have any, you know. You know a
1: toad we- is not a plant, it's an amphibian. Are we going to have to have another scientific lesson? Hi, <laughs> welcome to Bill Nye the Science Guy oh those are fighting words that those are fighting words not not nearly as uh yeah not nearly as fighting as calling you amy goodman
2: (laughs) that's not let's not go there again all right now but i know where we do need to go it's the it's the back of the napkin i've been slow cooking it
1: all day in my vagina
2: all right. What are you what are you cooking tonight, honey?
1: Not in my vagina at the very least, but we are going to actually have pork rind nachos with taco meat, cheese, sour cream, some lettuce, I like tomato, you don't, but you're welcome to the tomato I cut up, but we're basically just going to do bar food tonight nsng style sounds good to me i thought uh, it did
2: so um yeah and uh, actually um we so we, we, we so we something we forgot to add, we didn't address we it didn't address as part of your birthday we actually we actually got all dressed up and went out for uh for uh, and there's picture evidence of this even yeah there has been posted on no agenda social but um and i might actually put some in on the chapters yeah if you're it, it's another reason to get in podcasting 2.0 app by the way is it's and hopefully it'll support chapters the, the new chapters and so i might uh, i might have uh, pull a few photos and uh, put them in, uh, you know, in rotation and that kind of thing. So you can, as you can see some of these photos. Um, but meanwhile, um, yeah, this is, um, but uh, yeah, we, you know, so we went out, we went out and, 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 and we, we kind of looked at each other and went, well, what was the best thing
1: about that meal? And, and really nothing. It was, it was just, it wasn't. I it w- can tear it apart very simply. The appetizers were barely warm. The steak had more fat than Foam Boy's head. The vegetables were so subpar. The chili, I make better chili without even trying. I mean, it had a gob of hamburger in it the size of a shooter marble. It just wasn't pleasant, and it wasn't barely warm. I have very low expectations at this point when we go out to eat somewhere. But at least, the very least you can do is make sure the food is hot. It's not that much to ask.
2: Yeah, not only that, but yes, I mean, just pretty much the the, the lot of the stuff that we had was just... It was just meh. I mean, it wasn't particularly good. And it, you know, this is a, this is a chain. I found out how big the chain was, uh, the place we went. I didn't even realize because I had never seen it uh, before. I had moved uh, to Tennessee, uh, even though there was one in my in my neck of the woods, but uh, but it was on the it was on the Air Force base, so I couldn't actually go there. I don't think. Um, but anyway, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, but but anyway, we're j- so, um, you know. Needless to say, we are kind of interested in restaurants. But I think, uh, you know, why? But uh, so I guess this is this is kind of our lead end to why we're kind of tracking this plate and bowl saga. That, that yeah, we, we I
1: noticed in the chat that there was some pushback from the lead troll about why. I was so triggered over this plate and bowl story, and of course, you know, there was some good-natured ribbing about me being a government bootlicker. Fuck you! I'm not a government bootlicker, but I am interested because food is my passion. Food is what I base a lot of things in my life around, including my exit strategy. And when I come across a place, an establishment, that has the capital to open their doors and ultimately maybe make something that is a dream of mine come true for themselves to use a shitbird excuse that the reason that they're not complying with state and local laws is because, oh, if there's another pandemic, we don't want to get shut down. Well, guess what, assholes? You've already been shut down because you refuse to let the state come in and make sure that the operation that you're running doesn't have cockroaches running all over the fucking counters or the floors, mice, mold. They want to make sure that the food that you are serving is safe for the consumption of your patrons. I don't think that advocating for that fact is bootlicking. I think it's just good practice. I want to know that a place that I'm going to eat has been inspected by someone who took the time to white glove that bitch and give it a a score because if your score is not high enough I'm not eating there and I have a real high standard when it comes to looking at a at a score. Now granted that doesn't mean the food's going to be any good as in the relation of the chain restaurant that gets a good health score but their food service and just basically food quality sucks
2: yeah and with and with all this stuff it's just i mean it- yeah it's kind of it's it's yeah the the reasoning that they use is is kind of is kind of faulty like the government can still shut you down no matter no matter what you call yourself if you think the government can't shut you down you are um you know they're they're gonna it's it's going it's they're certainly going to put and put forward a fight to do so and in this case i don't you know it's it's just see it, it, there you know the the they're being kind of sketchy about the whole thing and they're not, uh, um, yeah, I'm not saying that we, we, you know, we're not necessarily want the jackboots to come in, but, the fact is, is that they're doing a bunch of shit that, yes, it's kind of it's kind of skanky, you know, with some of well, the shit and, they're doing.
1: So, Bemrose in the chat says, if their service food business plan is shit, then they'll shut down due to lost customers. If their food is safe and tasty, why the fuck would you want to call down the jackboots on them? Well, it's really simple. How do we know their food is safe? How do I know that in that cooler, they're keeping the necessary temperature to make sure that no foodborne illnesses and, and bacteria and shit are harbored? You don't know that without the health department being able to come in and confirm that your refrigerator is at the certain temperature it's supposed to be, your hot tables at the certain temperature it's supposed to be, that the food is temping out correctly. Believe me, I've had to go through serve safe certification when I went to culinary school. I take it very fucking serious because I want to own my own restaurant. And by the way, you can contribute to that at uh, lotus effect dot uh, show. Just uh, go to the website push that we like money button and you can tag the donation as future phoenix food spot but seriously i'm being serious now i take it very seriously food safety because if and i don't care if it's me or if it's not me i'm not going to serve a product that isn't safe for someone but i don't know that someone else holds the same integrity that i hold and that includes these blue state dick bags as I have called them who absolutely are using a shit ruse as to why they don't want the health department to come in and make sure that they are safe to serve food. That is all there is to it. My mind is not going to be swayed, my opinion is not going to be swayed, and if that makes me a bootlicker, then I'm licking them fucking boots because I'm not licking a spoon or eating at a restaurant that doesn't have a safety score and has been inspected by a health inspector. That is my take on it. Next.
2: There you go. All right. So um, all right. So this is uh, our next story is uh, from from the uh, well, is is all marketing is good marketing department. Um, Cybersecurity firm Sophos is impersonated by a new Sophos encrypt ransomware. Now, c- cybersecurity vendor Sophos has being impersonated by a new ransomware as a service called Sophos Encrypt with the threat actors using the company name for their operation. Now, discovered recently by the malware hunter team, the ransomware was initially thought to be part of a red team exercised by Sophos. However, the Sophos uh, XOPS team tweeted uh, Do they still call them tweets on X, whatever the fuck the, the, the Elon Musk is calling shit? Um, you know, uh, but they, they said that they did not create the encryptor and they are in investigating the launch. Now, we we've we found this on VT, which means virus total, earlier and have been investigating. Our preliminary findings show Sophos Intercept X protects against these ransomware samples, tweeted Sophos. Now, further, ID ransomware shows one submission from infected victims, indicating that this is uh, ransomware as a service operation is active. Now, the ransomware has the ability to change the Windows desktop wallpaper with the current wallpaper boldly displaying the Sophos brand that it has been in person now to be clear, this this wallpaper was created by the threat actors and has no association with the legitimate SOFO cybersecurity company. I just find this freaking hilarious. I mean, I do wonder when that. I do wonder which other vendors are going to get to uh, you know have their you know, they're going to have that name. I mean, that's it's.
1: Oh know. yeah, you know it's coming.
2: Yeah, I mean, so you you got some uh, jokesters here. These guys got jokes. Now, <clears throat> now, what's not a joke is um, that. Uh, uh, yeah, basically that yeah, was it so then we
1: it's a license plate. Yeah, I'm I'm going hard cuz yeah, this can, one is this my, is, my story, is story. And I have a personal gripe against this. So the Nevada government begs for a lawsuit after rejecting <coughs> a residence G O B K the number 2 CA license plate. That's right. Go back to California. So I find it fascinating that so many state governments have so many restrictions on what people can express via their personalized plates. When it's patently clear, those messages are personal rather than a form of government speech, simply because the letter number combinations are displayed on a government-issued plate. Now, the government's welcome to restrict its own speech— No one, not even the Constitution, cares how much the government limits its own expression, but when it reaches across the divide to govern how people can express themselves with their personal plates on their personal property, things get more complicated. The government can't really regulate bumper stickers or window decals. It can try, but it's often going to be in the wrong. If it decides, it can regulate personal expression just because it owns a public space, or it occurs in a public space. Most people aren't willing to make a literal federal case out of their rejected plates, but those who do are often able to demonstrate governments are impermissibly regulating protected speech under the mistaken assumption that the delivery system utilized for these messages, i.e. state-issued license plates, allows them to bypass the Constitution. Nevada's Department of Motor Vehicles seems to be priming itself for a federal fight It has revoked a driver's personalized plate because it might possibly offend certain people. The plate doesn't target any protected groups. Instead, it simply suggests certain state residents should stay in their own state rather than wander further inland. And believe me, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You want California so bad, you miss it so much. Go the fuck back. Stop trying to Californize my Tennessee. Continuing... A Nevada motorist license plate is subject of a recall by the Nevada Department of Motor Vehicles. A plate that reads G-O-B-K-2-C-A, or Go Back to California, was recalled in May by the agency after it received a complaint, according to DMV spokesman Eli Roll. Now, here's the problem I have with that. Uh, Yeah, they received a complaint also known as somebody realized that plate was allowed to be issued and immediately put somebody's ass on the chopping block. Continuing on, Nevada's DMV has posted guidelines that show what is and isn't acceptable for personal plates. This is the list of forbidden content. Now, I'm going to have Foam Boy put it in the show notes or the chat. I'm not going to read it all out. But basically, it's common sense shit. You can't be ridiculing people. You can't be contemptuous. You can't be racist against ethnicity, heritage, or anything like that. You can't have any sexual or vulgar Profane or obscene language, so basically, you know, you can't be me. No drug references or gang references or defamatory references to a person or group. It's not hard. It's common sense shit. But this is all very overbroad, especially the last bullet point on the DMV's list. It only has to believe it is. I'm sorry, the state isn't required to prove the rejected plate is defamatory. It only has to believe that it is. And this belief covers pretty much everyone everywhere with no connection at all to actual liable law. So here are a few plates that were rejected and the reasons why. And I thought this was entertaining, so we're going to cover it. We have B-B-D-U-B-Y-A. It was a childhood nickname. DMV claimed it was drug-related, citing the present presence, Jesus, of the letters DUB, which is insisted that was slang for a doobie. Uh, it says BBW, as in big beautiful women. You know, yeah. Then we have three R I A N. That's right, Brian. DMV said sounds like Aryan Brotherhood. H8CVD. Hate COVID. Yeah, DMV says it's hate COVID is inappropriate. Uh, the fuck? Now this one, eh. QFHR1. Quick fix home repairs. Looks like off her or kill her, according to the DMV. B-U-Y-S-H-I-B means buy forms of cryptocurrency. I'm sure Sir Spencer would have understood that one. Refers to things like Dogecoin and such. DMV says looks like bitch. You be backwards DMV. The goddamn fuck is going on here? Then we have one that's really going to incite all of you blue ballers. G-O-T-R-U-M-P. Yeah. For courage DMV sexual got rump got butt got ass yeah okay there you go that that's exactly what it means isn't it DMV this one got me p o p o b 8 that's right police bait it's on a classic rod popo is slang for police b8 is b8 which is slang for oral sex Well, they got it half right there. Clearly Tennessee isn't the only state that doesn't know what the fuck is going on DMV wise. And the reason I say that is because I had actually applied for a plate, and I've told this before, for my pickup. L-O-T, no, what was it, L L T L T S -S 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 or L-O-T-U-S-F-X. Yeah, because it was seven. So it was L-O-T-U-S-F-X. Lotus Effect, right? Not according to these assholes. They never gave me a formal reason what they thought it was. They just said, it could be offensive. It's like you motherfuckers are offensive. Not only that, you stole 38 fucking dollars because that's what it cost me to try to get that plate, which, oh yeah, by the way, was never refunded. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, state of Tennessee can just fuck right off.
0: Fuck you! Uh,
1: But again, that's just my opinion, man.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and now also not in my opinion anyway is that uh, yeah those Peloton uh, the Peloton exercise machines yeah. Those things are those things are full of a uh, uh, you know um, goatsy and fail as I like to say. Um, they uh, yeah they expose uh, yeah they could be potentially used to expose enter- your home or enterprise networks to IoT attacks. Now uh, they could be losing more than just pounds by using a Peloton treadmill as the internet connected fitness equipment can also leak sensitive data or pose as an initial access pathway through an attack that compromises any of the three um, uh, attack vectors a researcher has found. Now security researchers took a deep dive. Into the popular Peloton Tread equipment and found the, the attackers can enter a system, which is uh, which is essentially an Internet of Things device via the operating system applications or by exploiting APIs to load various malware. Now. Hacking a Peloton tread through any of these points could lead to exposure not only of a user's personal data, like I guess how often they use it or whatever, maybe how much they weigh. I don't know, but but attackers could also leverage the machine's connectivity to move laterally to a corporate network to mount a ransomware or other type of high-level attacks. The researchers revealed in a blog post published this week, uh, researchers had also identified a previous flaw in the Peloton system, which could have allowed hackers hack- to. Um, remotely spy on victims through an open unauthenticated API face palm. Oh my God. Like, Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. That's just just some stupid shit right there. Indeed, its mere existence as an IoT device exposes the home fitness gear to the same vulnerabilities that any internet-exposed device faces and the potential risks to users that go along with them. Now, researchers alerted Peloton of the flaws and the researchers discovered. Now, the company assessed them and ultimately determined that physical access to the device was required for exploitation, Peloton said in a statement. Uh, these things are on wi-fi aren't they i assume you could you can hack it that way i'm you know i mean they're not hard i can assure you that they're not hardwired to the internet or the um least you know yeah where would you put that cord that's a that's a whole nother thing so now we have reviewed the reported issues and determined that they meet the expected security measures for android-based devices yeah we know android's full of
1: android know. is full of stupid
2: Yes. Now, indeed, one aspect that the researchers said that makes the Peloton Tread vulnerable is the fact that it runs on Androids, basically making it as vulnerable as any Android device to flaws that are present in the OS. Now, what's more, the Peloton Tread is currently running about three versions behind the current Android 13, specifically on Android 10 with a build number of QT.22082.a. This implies that there could be potentially more than 1,100 vulnerabilities from 2022 and 2023 alone that could theoretically be exploited to compromise this treadmill, the researchers noted in the post. Now, aside from that, a malicious actor could potentially enable USB debugging on the Peloton's Tread OS and gain access to the shell, as well as obtain a list of all installed packages on the OS the researchers have found. Now, with the shell fully accessible, a threat actor could fetch any application for further analysis uh, and a reverse engineer and, you know, and then exploit the flaws and the apps to take advantage of the embedded binaries to make lateral movements, which means there's probably uh, more issues to be found because
1: that yeah, but they don't care. Like the, Peloton's, like yeah, but no big fucking deal. You know, you have to have physical access till the first damn time somebody who is on a man yeah. or something like that. And somebody gets in that bitch and then they going to be crying and lawsuits are flying. That's
2: right. Um, okay. So we are, I think we've gotten to the end. However, we have, we, and, and we got one more voicemail has, has come in here. Squee. Okay. And we, we, so you want to, so here, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's play this voicemail.
0: You want to know if I like coffee or tea better? I'm more of a coffee drinker. And I used to drink it with milk and sugar, neither of which do I use. Now I use heavy cream and no sugar. So
1: you got your answer. Talk to you later. Thank you mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Phoenix's mom weighed in on the topic and yep, that's right. We have her on a very strict regimen to try to improve her health from the inside out. So she no longer has her coffee with milk which has 16 grams of sugar per serving. She has it with heavy cream and no sugar whatsoever. So, good job mom. Love you bunches. Thanks for calling in.
2: I got one more in. I got one more sort of anecdote related to the the, the last story
1: uh oh so, if he's gonna tell an anecdote you still have time y'all two five three two three seven three three two one we'll do some late entry voicemails coffee or tea and how do you take it
2: that's right so um so i i had a treadmill that was connected to the internet and and i realized that the thing was running android at some point and and in in any case I had and I, I couldn't actually perform the update. The the system was so fucked up that it wouldn't actually update and I probably should have left it alone. Now, of course, you know, I'm 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 a tinkerer, right? So I ended up I ended up figuring out how to to break into like root and clear out stuff and got it to, and got the update to work and then of course it locked out my ability to get into the device again. But but this whole experience, I just kinda look at it and I go, I don't want a uh I simply do not want a um uh a, 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 you know any a, a, any sort of like fitness device that talks to anybody if i'm honest uh it's not nobody's fucking business it's between me and, it's between me and the machine here right i don't it does if it's got if it's got android bluetooth whatever yeah just say no you know you can do a, i you know it's much it's much easier to just go run you know to just go out for a run personally but that's just my opinion i don't know
1: That's just your opinion, man. But you know what? Not that the pedal heads don't know this already, but I think we should actually weigh in on the topic that we asked everyone else to weigh in on. So not that they're going to be surprised, but phone boy, coffee, tea, me, how do you take it? Black like your soul? Depends. I I will drink
2: it. Oh, you take
1: it with depends. That's disgusting. (laughs) We should have a conversation, you kinky bastard. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Um, no, it, sometimes... Do you I do need the Depends because of it?
2: Jeez. Uh, I don't even know what to say to all of this. Okay, so... I, yes. I th- However, yes. Breaking the balls! Exactly. Uh, so I do actually drink it. Sometimes I will drink it black. Sometimes I will drink it with heavy cream. That is just how I do it. I mean, it, it depends on uh, what kind what of coffee... Whether you ha-
1: I was going to say, you haven't even said what it was. Coffee.
2: Exactly. So now, but how about you? And, we got, we, and we've got, we're getting voicemails. This is fantastic.
1: I do love the late-minute voicemails. Keep them coming, 253 237 But, yes, I'm actually, I, I'm both. Uh, primarily coffee and, of course, you know, cream, a couple of cubes to kiss my ass. No, black and a couple cubes of cubes to kiss my ass. That's what it is. Uh, but, no, heavy cream, no sugar, much like you. Same as you. The tea, however, you occasionally do like engaging in a cup of tea once in a while. Yes, when
2: I don't want to drink caffeine.
1: Right. And we have a couple of tea varieties that we like. I'm a big fan of the Twinings uh, English Breakfast. And I also like the Sleepy Time Fireside Vanilla Spice. So, And I will admit... With the, with the vanilla spice one I do put just a tiny bit of local honey in it with some heavy cream. It's delicious to me it tastes like rice pudding without the hot fresh garbage.
2: So that's yes it sounds lovely I just I'll put I do vanilla tea and I put heavy cream in it you know, that's that's what I do. Now let's see what everybody else has to do here um, with their stuff. Uh, so uh, let's see who this is.
3: Right, pedal heads. somebody wanted me to call
0: in and say whether I prefer coffee or tea. I don't really prefer one over the other. I'll take my coffee black and I'll take my tea sweet, about like that. Uh,
3: I
2: don't know, later. Uh, okay,
1: well. Thank ma- you so much. And you know what? I, I like that. Coffee black and tea sweet. Good on ya.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a great one. We got a We got another one here. Um, and so here we go. Uh, let's uh, let's play this.
1: All right. Hey,
0: this is poem four thirty named Jennifer Wieda. Um, I like my coffee with heavy cream, and I like iced tea with lemon. I live in the South. I have never been able to drink Southern sweet tea. It tastes like syrup. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, give me my northern tea with lemon.
2: groovy yeah that's that's yeah and i i kind of with you on that i've never I, I never really liked sweet tea that was always i know every time i'd come to the south i'd have to say you know unsweet tea if i was gonna if i was gonna drink iced tea although yeah my reason for not liking tea is after i mean tea upsets my stomach after a while and i just and and yeah it's uh you know and about the, the only way it can be drank sometimes is with a little bit of sweetener but uh yeah that's why I'm, I'm very particular about my tea i don't tend to drink uh you know right when i when i do drink tea it's i'm, I'm, very, I'm very specific.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Before you and I got together and I went on this great health journey, I drank sweet tea like a religion. But uh, over the years, I had started to reduce the amount of sugar that was being put in the sweet tea. Not that that's any better necessarily, but, you know, a drop in the ocean or some bullshit. But nope, have not had sweet tea. I, I tried making some with a little bit of honey when we had a get-together. I made some tea and I made some lemonade with honey. And they were just just north of not having any sweetness at all. Very, very mild. And honestly, I hate to say it, but sweet tea minus the sweet? doesn't really have an appeal i'd rather just stick with the cold coffee yeah i said it sacrilege to some i'm sure but cold coffee and heavy cream for the win for Mm, phoenix yeah
2: i actually that's you know one of the one of the ways i actually drink coffee uh black is is when it's cold so that's a that's a yeah that that you got to be careful when you order that you don't like
1: hot um black coffee
2: Uh, rarely no, okay. Yeah.
1: I, I had, well, okay. So like fair and Eck, like the other night you had poured what was left in the coffee jar into your cup and it was cold. And I was surprised because you didn't heat it up. You just gulped it. I'm like, did you just drink that black? You're yeah, like, yeah, every two months in a while, I like that. I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, cold brew coffee, absolutely. However, I have discovered, if you don't put enough heavy cream in a nitro cold brew, oh, I've never had to chase coffee with coffee, but I ended up doing it that day. Thank God I still had some of the coffee I had brought from home that morning when I got that nitro, because, oh my God, I think I grew three chest hairs and had to pluck them out that night. It was mm. so Stout.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I, the actually, it's funny. The nitro is like at Starbucks and, and, and some of the other places. I don't. I, I will. I will do that f- uh, without the heavy cream because it, it takes away from it to to some degree. I'm not sure. Um,
1: this from the man who did a raw dog shot of espresso in Israel at the dinner for his birthday. <laughs>
2: yes this is true well because it was at a kosher restaurant you could not get milk with, to serve with your coffee so it was not a, there was nothing that could be done totally
1: best. not a good excuse
2: yes so there yeah i don't know but anyway i think we've uh, i think uh, we, we are to this point in the show
1: I'm so fucking over this yeah right. i i think we're fucking over this and i think the pedal heads are ready to party
2: yeah that's right and uh, so we're gonna end the show the way we normally end it which is like this Jordan fades back! Swoosh! And that's the game! Fuck you! Fuck
0: you! Fuck you! You're cool! And fuck you! I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home.
3: Go!